I don't got nothing left to say. Oh, say that last part one more time. No. <laughs> well, I won't say it again. Say it on the record, man. All right, I'll just just for the record, say Josh, it. you're pretty handsome, bro. It, it's, you know it's true when it comes from a fellow man. Oh, a, gr- a girl true. might say that, but she might not be too She's serious. She's lying, dude. Girls lie. Yeah, they're just trying to make you feel good. When, well, a man, when a man tells you that you look good. I don't care about your feelings. You probably really look good. I just want to let you know you look good, Josh. Yeah. So, hey, What's hey, up? guys, welcome to the Map Room Podcast, episode 24, I think. I'm not even sure. Um, recording live, not live, from Nogi Worlds in Anaheim, California. And sitting down with me today, right now, at this moment, is... Nisar, the Persian Poppy, <laughs> Lloyd Allen, also known as Persian Fire. Also, okay, <laughs> Afghan Poppy. Afghan Poppy. Oh, it's Afghan Poppy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so what's yeah, up, yeah. man? You're all up in the medium heavyweight division this year. My old stomping ground. So you know, I'm trying to like... I'm trying to pass the I'm torch. Do, I'm trying to do you right, bro. I'm trying to pass the torch to you guys. Thanks. So, man. question for you. Yes. Um, is you... Ronaldo and Jonatas yes. are all in the same my division. Yes, and um, the, there's three of you. That means two of you are going to probably meet up in the semifinals, and then ideally two of you in the finals. Is the plan to fight or flip coins? Um, we haven't even talked about it yet. <laughs> that you means know? you're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, like yeah, probably. But it's cool though. It's They're my bl- friends no it, matter what. It's a black belt world title, bro. And I know you want that shit bad. Yeah, hey, they I, want it. And they want it bad. I want it. So. It's the only way. It's it's unfair to like give it give a a gentleman's agreement at a tournament like this. You just never know what's going to happen next year. You can't count on the fact that you'll be in the finals next year. You don't know. True. You can't count on it. It has like yeah here and now. I think you and Ronaldo would be the most aggressive slap boxing match in all of Jiu-Jitsu history. That's actually Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan is on the other side, and Ronaldo and I on the same side. Oh, so you guys will meet. There's still a lot of fights to get through, but like if we get there, yo, he's my homie. Like I'm, I came up here with him, like. If we fight hey, it, I'm down. The fight on the on the competition mat definitely won't be any more intense than the fights in the in the training true. room, anyways. Because yeah, the true. fights in the training room are already. Hey, don't tell intense. him. I know his weakness. <laughs> oh, I was asking what it is, but we can't expose. I can't. I can't tell you. It's for me to know. I know his weakness too. Yeah, <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah, well, it's everyone's weakness, yeah. which is like letting letting someone grab the head. But what's your weakness, Josh? My weakness is um, it your glass ankles? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have glass ankles. Well, they were glass and then they broke and now they're broken glass. So now there's nothing to worry about. Just so. kidding. I just heard Keenan say this before. It's because I, I got ankle locked in Nogi World 2014. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Who who ankle locked you? I don't want to give him the credit. Okay. I, I yeah, <laughs> fuck them. Fuck you, bro. Nah, he's, Whoever a, you nah, are. he's a legit grappler. And I don't, okay. He's like, listening right now. He might. No, probably not. Okay. But, um, you know, he got me fair and square and it was legit. So I can't be mad about it. What's the worst way to get submitted? What's, what would be the less, least favorite way to get tapped? The worst way you could ever get submitted yeah. is tapping from side control pressure. <laughs> <laughs> if, you tap from, if you tap from side control pressure, you are a fucking biatch. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in training, when I'm training with someone that I don't like, and I know I can submit them with an armbar or a Kimura, I'll just get side control, get a deep grip on their head, you know, the deep shoulder pressure, and I'll just lean it on their face and just try to submit them with shoulder pressure. Does it does it count if you like von flu choke somebody? No, that's a legitimate technique okay. where you trap them. Because you tapped me with that before. Yeah, you're kind of like. No, okay. the von flu. That's a, that's a legit trap. If you get stuck in that, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, but like, if you just have like, if you still have your hands free, but the guy is so tight on you that you can't even make frames, and then he puts the shoulder in your neck. You know how you can like you can be put to sleep with shoulder pressure. 
Like the Von I mean, Flute, I, yeah, yeah. But without the sure. without the without that guillotine part of the yeah. Von Flute. It's got to be like a white belt. No, really? I get, I get some brown belts with some shoulder pressure. Yeah, I'll get some brown belts. That's you know what it's all about? It's all about their um, their willpower. You know, like you would never tap to that. You no, would, I, you I would you, die. You could hurt me. You would die yeah, before you tap to sure. that. Like, I know you well enough to know that you would just die. Yeah, for you sure. You would go to sleep. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, it. you probably wouldn't go to sleep because you'll find a way to wiggle and find some bl- get let some blood get through your head. Yeah. But, but like some people, they just feel like they're stuck and then they give up. They mentally defeat themselves and they tap. Yeah, they get. They tired probably didn't they even need to. They yeah. probably they could have done something tactically to wiggle themselves enough that they could have got some blood through their brain. Yeah. But they were. It's kind of like they mentally broke and they gave up. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. When you're when you're losing a fight and yeah. then someone starts putting it on you, right. and you're tired. You're just like, you know, I could give up right now. Right. There's and only two minutes left on the clock. Yeah. You're like, I'm fucked. You're just gonna convince yourself that you're fucked. You you quit once, you're a quitter forever. Oh. That's it. You know what? Fun fact. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell an ahead. embarrassing story. I'm um, in wrestling. I I uh, I I stopped wrestling after the CIF championships. Okay. I won like CIF. Championship, yeah. Right? No, 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 it's a regional. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. so next is uh, the Masters tournament, and then from Masters you go to state. Oh. Okay. And after CIF, I was just done, bro. I, I stopped. I, I couldn't cut the weight anymore. The weight cut was so brutal for mass uh, for CIF that I I just couldn't continue going. I just I was done. I was done. You just I, like didn't I quit wrestling right then. I won CIF and I quit. Wow, I didn't go wow. to Masters. I didn't go to state. I just stopped wrestling because I didn't want to cut that weight That's again. Crazy. I couldn't do it. It was just, just because the weight cut. That's I just, it. There was I, no other reason. I, I really, yeah. I just didn't want to cut the weight anymore. Oh, I, I was so done with it. I was so tired, so depleted. I felt like, and I was losing like fifteen pounds. What were you? What was your weight week. at that time? A week. Wow. Every week, I would. It was like ten to fifteen pounds. Depends. What was your weight at that time? But what, what, what I wrestled. I wrestled at one forty-five. Wow. Dude. My senior year. You're a big guy, bro. That's small. Yeah. One forty-five. My senior year, I was like a skeleton man. I was wow. super depleted. And uh, but then they, after halfway into the season, they give you a two pound allowance. So 145 became 147. But I was cutting from uh, sometimes 160, 161, 162. Every week, like on Sunday, I would eat and drink everything I wanted to replenish re- my body. And I would start cutting again, like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we'd have the, the dual meet on Thursday. And then Friday is another training day. And then there's a tournament on Saturday. So every fucking week I had to gain the weight, lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight. Damn, After bro. 10 weeks of that, I was fucking done. And Damn. CIF was always my goal. That's all I ever wanted was to win CIF and wrestling. And after that, you're like, and after that I just didn't have the motivation to keep going. What did going. you do when you stopped, after you stopped wrestling? I was an idiot. Really? I was an idiot for like three years. I just partied and drank. And How old are you? So you're like, what, 16, 18, to, tw- 18 to 21, I was a complete idiot. Those are good years to be an idiot. Yeah, idiot. yeah everyone's an idiot when they're 18 to 21. Yeah. Unless you're a full-time jiu-jitsu competitor yeah. from 18 to 21 and you, you know what you're doing. If you're doing jiu-jitsu full-time, you're not an idiot. Hey. I was I only did jiu-jitsu my whole life. Fun fact, I didn't party or do anything. I didn't have my first girlfriend until I was 21. I know. Why? <laughs> yeah. And I got married like a year later. I know because you married her and I know <laughs> and I'm friends with her. <laughs> She's not here right now, but Yeah, you got your first girlfriend and then married yeah. married her. Locked just, it locked and loaded. Yes. Caught me. Uh, that's funny. Hey, so how do you feel, man? I actually feel I feel good. You feel I good? I feel good. I feel did good. You like, cut, did you have to cut weight? No, I just had to maintain. So cool. I, f- I feel ha- I'm happy. Like, usually there's that stress before competition, but I want to go out there and like do some stuff, work some stuff. Right. And if you're depleted, that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I want to fight well. I want to see you fight well. I want to. F- there's some guys I want to fight in the division. Who? I want to fight Jake Watson again. Where, uh, when did you I fight fought him, him w- when I was brown belt, when we were brown belts at like an LA Open and I beat him. 
But he's like doing well lately. Yeah. And he had he's just fought Ribamar and it was sick. Yeah, he's tough, man. Yeah, it was a good fight. And I want to fight him again. Servio Tulio. Tulio. I've never fought him, but he's good, Nogi. I'd be down to fight he's him. He's uh, Gracie Baja? Yeah, he's like drinking he, trades with Homolo. Is he, he's uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He did I think he did ADCC this year. Yeah, I thought, he I thought he's Felipe Pena's student. Yeah. I want to fight him. He's tough. That's it. Yeah. You know. He he, he I think uh, did he won brown belt. Last year, or maybe two years I ago. I don't, maybe, I don't, I don't know. remember. I think I, he, it was good, he had a beast match with Don Bell. He beat, and I remember it was real close. Oh, I don't remember that. It was in the finals. I don't remember. Sick. It could have been 2017. It was a, both were, I remember it being in this arena, so I, but I don't remember which year. Wow, that's pretty cool. I don't remember. <laughs> I wish Don was fighting. Oh, Don Bell, I know, but he can't. His wrist is so messed up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get Jackson Souza to come over here right now. Come yeah, come over here, Jackson. Nassar, can you, can you let him Dude, on? Yeah, hey, well, say goodbye to the people. Hey, see you guys. Sars out. Jackson, what's up, my man? What's up, legend? Hey, sit down and talk to me for a minute. Yeah, let's go. Thanks, Miss R. Love you. All right. Jackson, get on the mic, bro. You gotta get you gotta be this close. This close? Yes, like can this. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can yeah. hear you in here. If I can hear you in here, that's good. What's up, my man? How you doing, man? I'm We're podcasting well. from Nogi Worlds. From Nogi Worlds. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, a recording, okay. it's not live. I've never done this before. It's not live. It's not live yet. So if you say something silly, I can take it out. But say whatever you want. We don't. We don't like. No, I'm just happy to be back in again in the in the World Championship Nogi. Man, you always so have good performance here. I always come by, but uh, I feel like I could. Uh, I was very not only disappointed, but uh, I, but uh, I was. I, I thought I, I could see more more people, you know, on the bracket. But you know what more I like think? The big names, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. I'm not gonna say names, but anyway. It's okay. Let's go. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Every fight's gonna be tough no matter what, man. The, yeah. There's no easy fights here. No easy fights. No yeah, easy I fights. I know that. I know that. Man, was it hard to keep training after ADCC? No, I was really. No, actually not. Um, I think for me it was kind of easy to to deal with the same uh, training and working, teaching, um, being like a, a husband right now, and uh, also. Um, uh, running my own, my own, like a tiny You have gym. academy? Yeah, yeah. Really? Just open my, my own. No, own academy. Man, congratulations. Like, thank you very much. Where's it like, He's in London, in Hammersmith. Okay. It's like a very central, central London. So yeah. I'm running a very nice, like a gym where I'm trying to like create like a great uh, gym, like environment, like a, to open for everyone. Oh, cool. And uh, no so politics. far so good, you know. Uh, it's growing very organic, you know. No, I'm not like in a rush to to build like fast or or quickly. Just to just let it go, like flow, like water. Man, that's awesome, yeah, dude. Man. So yeah. look, I've always admired you because yeah. I know you came from a very hard background. Oh right? yes. Grew up in the favela. Yes. In Rio. In Rio. In Rio. Cantagallo. Same same neighborhood as uh, Fernando Terere. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Man, so to come up from a favela and then like to come to a new country. Yes. Right, and then to start a, your own business, like yes. that's a big process, man. For like me, a lot of people can maybe get stuck. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think for me, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a process. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, it's a it's a life journey. You know, you gotta be always connect with with people who who like to work hard and to push you guys to do better every day. And uh, I think uh, I'm so blessed to have a so such a nice guys around me. You have a strong team. You know, team. giving me like yeah. uh, a strong mindset to build my own like le not let's say legacy, but my own like uh, 
my name, you know, my my your brand. To help, yeah, my brand, brand, you know. So, and for me to come 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 out of Cantagallo uh, was was something very special. But same time, I know it was really hard, you know. You know, to yeah, live in, in the favela is no it's not like a, it's, it's a life, life that no one understands. Is that nobody understand it for you for you to understand? You gotta be there, of course. Like uh, at least one month, two months for you feel. The way the, 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 the poverty uh, lives in, yeah. inside the favelas. I mean, it's not only not only in the favela, but I I know everywhere in the world there's a lot of places that that's really yeah, rough. Man. Yeah, of course. You know, people don't have money, people don't have water or lights. But it, but I, I manage myself. You know, not only me, but most of my friends like Alan Fifo, Bruno Machia, Terere. And the other guys Fin as, Fu as well. also from there? Huh? Fin Fu also is from yeah, there? Fin also. Fu also there from, from Man, Cantagallo. I had a battle with him this year. Yeah, Master Real is super man. close. I saw, uh, He's tough. I saw the fight. It was a really nice fight. Yeah, he was uh, tough, man. He yeah. took it to the last second. I, You know, yeah. almost <laughs> the last second. I shout out to Fin Fu, man. Exactly, he's, a, man. he's a warrior. Now he's living like in Sweden since like almost like 13 or 15 years already. That's because a nice. That's remember, a nice upgrade. I remember he he lived in Brazil when he was like a purple belt, you know, and then he just like built his own brand in Sweden. Now yeah. he's very recognized in Europe. And Adam so, Adam Varginski is his student, right? Adam Varginski is his student, yeah. also from Adam, Poland. Adam's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. So Finfu's a good competitor and a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Awesome. And, uh, you know, like I was said, you know, I mean, I'm blessed because I remember when I was a kid. I always seen a lot of uh, you know, even like Andre Govon, you know, uh, Sergio Moraes, Lange, Cobrinha, everyone was like hang out in, in the, inside the favela because yeah. when, when, when it has like a competition in, in Rio, Terere used to bring everyone inside uh -huh. the favela to live, just to like let, it, let the, 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 the competitor stay. In the in the Tererê, Tererê neighbors like for uh, around for Cantagallo, oh, okay. you know, for like one, for like one week, like years ago, like for like, like how long would they stay? Like a one week before okay. the competition, let's say. Okay. And then I was I was I was I was like seeing that, you know, I felt I, I felt like oh I wanna be like like then I wanna travel, I wanna compete, I wanna I wanna be a champion. But my goal in Jiu-Jitsu was not like to to be like a world champion and w w win like ten times or, or five times. My goal in Jiu-Jitsu was only to to win the world championship and try to buy a house for my mama. Oh, my man! And That's... to help my, of course, my brothers, my family. Of course. And through Jiu-Jitsu, I managed to to buy a house for my mama. Oh man! Now I live in, in London. Now I'm running my own, my own business. Yeah, you know, just because I have a vision. Because those guys who was there in the Cantagallo, like back in the days, back in TT. Yeah, they was my inspiration. Just so you guys know, TT is uh, is Telas Tedede, right? Tere. It was the old TT team. Yes. Right? Galvao was on this team, exactly. and Tedede and Telas were, were the yes. coaches, right? Uh -huh. And who else was on that team? A lot of old. Uh, Cabrino was there. Telas, Telas, uh, Galvao. Sergio Lucas Leitch Lucas Lucas Leitch I think Lucas Leitch I don't Not know yet. I think Lucas Lepri 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 was there uh, Lucas Lepri like the first coach uh, Elan 
Uh, who else? Uh, Cobrinha. So basically, all the guys who became the baddest mofos in jujitsu, the baddest competitors, they all came from this from, team. Exactly. They used, to, they all belonged to TT. Exactly. If you guys look at Andre Gavao's calf, he has the tattoo, the exactly. TT tattoo. Yeah, you still have the tattoo and the calf, huh? Yeah. I think Telis, he has. On I his think neck. In, in the neck, and yeah. Tele also has it on the on the neck as well. Man. So yeah, man. I think, I think you know, even though like, I feel so blessed to to be surrounded by those guys, you know, because they, I know I have a, a little like influence in, in all yeah, of them, you of know, course, of for course. sure. Of course. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm just like now feeling that if I if I would give up like when I was when TT broke up broke up yeah I would, I would be here today right so i mean i mean always thank my thank god and thank you alan fifo to to brought me to, to jiu-jitsu yeah. you know yeah in 2006 when i enjoy fight zone it was back in the day was brother uh-huh you know yeah, yeah. also was like a lot of legends over there like a leo vieira uh hobbit drysdale so it was finfu that brought you yeah fifo who brought me back to, to nice. jiu-jitsu Nice. Because when when TT broke, I stopped training for like a few, I think it was a year or maybe a few months. I don't I don't remember. So you could have lost the path almost. Yeah. Almost. Me, almost. Almost. I I lost the my vision in jiu-jitsu. But FIFO was the guy who brought me back to jiu-jitsu. What belt because level? I was like I was a, a orange belt. Oh, you're a kid. Like I was I was 15, 16 years okay. old. Okay. And then he brought back to jiu-jitsu. I almost lost the path also when I was blue belt. Second? I almost lost the path also. Like Serious? I, yeah, when I was a blue belt, I stopped for two years. For two years? Two years, no training at all. All right. And, uh, but, you, but you start training with Galvão? No, no. He was. I think he was in Brazil still when I oh, started okay. training. Yeah, I started 2003. With who? His name was Chris Brennan. Chris Brennan. He used to fight in the UFC a long time ago. Like the first okay. like 10, nice. one of the first UFCs. And he's like a nogi only MMA fighter, you know. All right, all right. And uh, he had an academy in my hometown, Temecula. Mm-hmm. You know Temecula? Temecula, Temecula. It's like half, an, yeah, forty minutes, yeah, one yeah. hour from where you guys are. Uh-huh. That's where I grew up. Yeah, well, I think we have a check mile over there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. it's a nice area. And then when Fifo brought me back to to, to jiu-jitsu, uh, my master Ricardo Vieira, he embraced me, and then I set me like a like a like a his son, like. Like his son, like you his know. Son, yeah. And then he just graduated me from blue to to black belt, you know. He just like changed my life for better, you know. So, so, so Jackson, here's he what gave, I want. He gave me everything that I need to to be a, like a good person and uh, be humble. And also, what was his name again? Ricardo Vieira. Ricardo He's a Leo Vieira. Leo Vieira's uh, brother. Okay, okay, yeah, Leo, Leo's brother. They, 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 people know him as a Ricardinho. 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 Okay. You know? Well, Very give him a shout out. Shout out to Hikardinho. Huh? Shout out. Shout him out. Oh, Hikardinho. Yeah, I don't know. He probably doesn't listen, but oh, he's gonna listen. We can to tell him. Thank I'm you. I'm gonna anyways. send to him for sure. Yeah. No, Hikardinho, man. He's a, you know, he's a nighttime world, champ- world champion. You know, now move move to Portugal, based in Portugal right now in Cascais. Uh huh. So started like a new new life, new journey in Portugal. Sometimes he come coming coming to to London to visit me cool. and Marco Khan as well at Fight Zone. Cool. So, I think Ricardo has also big, a big big influence in my in my career because he was the guy who 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 believes me for like from the, from the first day I step on the mat in his in his club and made me like a, a warrior, a champ, you know, warrior. Yeah. I mean, so a legend. I have a a lot of respect 
and uh, I don't have like a word to describe my my feelings to, to yeah. him. You know, not only him, but Alan, also Leo Vieira. Every time I come to to California, but back in the day when I was visiting Leo in São Paulo, also Leo embraced me so well. He always helped me to build my my jiu-jitsu. So I'm so happy to have the, those those brothers in my in my life. You know, guiding me to the to the Help. right way. Jiu-jitsu know? changing people's lives. So, yeah, it so is, Jackson, man. look, because you came from such a hard childhood, yes. what is your advice to someone else out there who's struggling right now, who has like, maybe they have no money and they're like, they want to be a champion or they want to do jujitsu. What is your advice to them? My How advice for those person who's listening to this podcast right now, never give up, okay? There I it mean, is. Th the words never give up, everyone can say. Yeah. But if you... If you if you surround with people who has a vision, who has a potential to make their life better, I think that's the person you should hang out. Surround yourself you know with I mean? the right people. Because I remember when I was a kid, I was always hang out with people who has a more age than me or a more educated than me. Okay. You know. Yeah. And then from those people, I was learning. Instead of hang, hang out with people with the same age as me, yeah. I, I was hanging out with people older than me. Okay. You know what I mean? More mature. And my, and my advice to always keep, you, keep your mind open to learning new, new, new things. Not only about Jiu-Jitsu, but also business, history, life, you know. And, and always try to make a plan. You know? Gaval says because this to me a lot make also. make a plan. If you don't yeah. make a plan, you're not going to be able to Fulfill, achieve yeah. or to afford your 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 desire and also one thing that i that i don't like to use anymore dream i don't dream no more okay i have a goal if Goals. you have a goal your dream is gonna come right away okay. because if you if you if you reach your goal it's gonna it's easy to to make your dream come true right you know let's say i want to buy an iphone yeah that's my goal if you make money you, you're gonna be able to afford the iPhone. That's your that's your dream. Yeah. You know, I was I, by first I had the goal to buy an iPhone or maybe buy a uh, open gym or the or, house for your mother or make or yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, the house for my mom was a goal was that a goal. I, I had. I was carrying my heart for a long, long time since when I was a child, because I I was like tired to see my my family struggle. You know, struggle. Like a sleep on the floor, like all together, yeah. because we didn't have like a, a living room right. or, or or room for everybody. Yeah, we just like a, share the same room, like back in the, the same same place, you yeah. know. So, I mean, when I say I, I was tired, because I, I was thinking ahead, you know, I was I was I was having a vision. Even my when mind. you were a kid, you know, when I was a kid, yeah. And then I started to to work, and then when I started to work start to like uh, appear more like opportunities you know hard work with creates well. opportunities exactly right? with jiu-jitsu as well I was yeah. working at the same time I was training jiu-jitsu and study all three but unfortunately people I, always ask me how do you do all three how do you work study and train man unfortunately um, you make I it could, happen I, I, I could like finish my my, my education but uh, I no regret about that because I think I uh, I accomplished other things in my oh, life. Of course, you know. Yeah, of course. I yeah. think the the education that they coming, they coming like natural when you live around the world. Because when you of give yourself yeah. the opportunity to, to be open to everyone, travel is a form of education. 
Yeah, I study yeah. as well. Sorry. Hal, Hal's jumping in from over yeah, here on the side. Yeah, I study a lot too. Get in here, Hal. Go ahead. Okay, not a lot of people realize this, but Jackson, okay, so he didn't finish school, but I've seen this guy with his textbooks, practicing his English, learning. It's like, you know, he took responsibility for himself. He made the effort to do this yes. because, you know, education in Brazil is really tough as well. Yes. You, you know, the schools that they go to, they're so bad, but, you know, man, look at this guy. Look what he did, right? A guy who didn't even finish high school. He went out, moved to a different continent. Taught himself English is amazing. Yeah, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you, you Oh, you gotta educate yourself, people. Yeah, take you gotta take the initiative. <laughs> That's all right. How I'll fix it later. Also, it's also I think uh, Agate also says everything. I think it also has a big like influence in my in my career as well. You know, thank you for BJJ hacks. You know, for <laughs> yeah, Howl. He's me. Shout out to Hal who used to run back BJJ in Brazil. Hacks. Yeah, he came Howl. to my house. I remember he came into my house, man. How how came to your house? No, he, he came into my house to film for BJJ hacks. Can you mention this, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, ne- I didn't say it yet. He's saying he, he's asking if he can shout out BJJ hacks. Oh please, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So 2013, 13, yeah. Yeah, I think it was your first year as a black belt, right? Yes. Yeah, I went to visit Jackson's house. He took me up into Pavel Pavelzinho, the favela where he lives, like next to Checkmat. And um, man, what an amazing experience, but. To, to this day, my wife still says that that is the favorite, her favorite BJJ Hacks video I ever made. Thank you very much. Because Thank I showed much. him in the gym, I showed him at home, really showed his life. Um, yeah, for me, it was a, a, like a really, it was a, an honor to make that video because, you know, this guy, an amazing story, right? Thank you, bro. Thank you. That's why I brought him on here. I saw him walk by. I said, I got to get Jackson <laughs> in here to tell the story. I know he's got a crazy story, man. Yes, man. I, I bet I have so much to say. But sometimes it's, it's hard to say because sometimes I got confused because I go around, you know. I, yeah, should, yeah. I, sh- I should like make a, a goal, a plan. You should write it and down, then man. Writing down and then people will understand maybe, a little bit more about can... my 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 life and my career. You I know, know you've had a crazy life, man, <laughs> and I want to hear all about it. But I'm sure I would need like ten hours, you know. <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm sure. like that. Exactly like that. But like so, you said, look, don't have a dream, have a goal. Have a goal. Write it down. Write it down. And work hard and to get it. And work your ass off. Yes, man. I think that's my best advice for, for everyone who's going to listen to this podcast. A, a lot of people who do jiu-jitsu, they struggle, you know? Because yes. they just want to do jiu-jitsu. They just want to do jiu-jitsu. It's so hard to make money doing jiu-jitsu. It's really hard to make money, especially if you're not a bit like a big big name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know my advice for, for those people. No, that you already gave it to them. Work hard. Yeah, work hard. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the one, but... I mean, for the, for those people who's coming out, that I mean, work hard. Yeah, you need to you need to work really really hard to make it. But in jiu-jitsu, you gotta you gotta have a big you need to have a like a big name to be able to, you know. And the only seminar, way to make a big name, train hard, train hard show up to the show tournament, up the tournaments, do your best, do your best exactly. And look, every day is not gonna be your day, right? No. Every day, but some days are some gonna day, be your day, yes. and those are the ones that matter. Exactly. Those are the ones you that know, matter. Yeah, man, I think that's the that's the thing. Do you remember uh, your first day of jiu-jitsu? My first day of jiu-jitsu? You yes, remember? I remember, man. What year was that? Was it back in 2001? Mine was 2003. July. March 2003? Yeah, July. I remember first first time I came to, to jiu-jitsu school was uh, was already a project from from Tereré and uh-huh. Ricardo Vieira. They was together uh-huh. when I started. 
and uh, the social project. Social project, like they call like amigos do morro, friends of yeah, friend of uh, slum or friend of favela, friend of the favela. Yeah, the hill, okay. huh? friend of the hill. Okay, friend of the hill. No, it's, it's not like favela. Well, the favela is on a hill. A hill, yeah, Mohi's hill. Okay, and the favela yeah. is on a hill. Yeah. Okay. And then I came for the first time. I I didn't have a gi with yeah. me, and uh, and then and then. The coach was uh, my first coach was uh, Leandro Machins. is a Terere cousin. Uh-huh. He was was the guy who taught me the, the first the first lesson. You know. What did you learn? In the first day of my training. Yeah. I spar. You sparred on your first yeah, day. Yeah, first day without the gi. <laughs> Were you a crazy just, white belt? Yeah, crazy white belt. <laughs> I was just learning Throwing how elbows. to do the the, the shrimp, the the front row, back uh-huh. row, the technical stand up, and then. Couple techniques I think I remember was uh, close guard or like escape from close guard, something like that. I learned a triangle from close guard. Yeah. I learned it from from how to escape from close guard. Nice. I remember that. And then push the knee down, <laughs> curve the knee with the shin, uh-huh. hold the head, go for side pa- position, hold the, the head. Nice. So that's that's was the one that the first class I, I learned. And then after this, we went to spar. <laughs> That's you you only my, had one technique to do. Yeah, it's one technique to do, but it was what, what's making me like love jiu-jitsu was the adrenaline. Yeah, for because sure. I, I because back in the day I used to be very aggressive, you know, in, in, in favela I was like a fight with That's everyone. How about this old God. picture? That's Jackson. Oh my God, that's, that's baby Jackson. Me, and that's uh, Jacare. Dang. Galvao. Galvao. Tio Barriga. Teddy's dad. Teddy's dad. Okay. Tio Barriga. Wow. What a throwback. I, I was there. I think I was 13. 13. This was um, wood wood cooping in Botafogo. I guess. How can you send me that picture so I can post it? Yeah, I'll post it on the the, yeah. the Instagram so you guys can see it's old school photo. That's badass. Uh, and were you hooked? Did you get hooked on jujitsu like after the first class? Like, after the first class, man, you're hooked. I, I, fully, like, I, I was love hooked. This. And then I was hooked. My my my, my first school, Leandro Machins, he came to me, said to me, "You you know where I live in Catagal for? Yeah, I know where you live. Okay, come to my house in this time. I have a I have a gift for you. Nice man." And I think back the day he was sponsored by by Coral. Yeah. And then he gave me a, a Coral Gi. Nice. You know? And then look at me, I was very happy, very happy. And then went down to my house, I showed my mama, mama, I have this. I'm gonna start training jujitsu. I always try whenever I have old gis or I change my sponsor or something, I have to sell the gis. I try yeah. to give some of the old ones, I try to give them to a social project. Yes. It's very my important. hope that That's they that gi finds a kid. I think it's it's really important to, to give it back. Yeah, of course. It's really important to give it back. I also have this mentality because I I, re- I receive so much in jiu-jitsu and from the people as well. And then sometimes I like to, you know, to give a gap to the community as well. That's I think awesome, that's man. The, that's, the way to, that's the way to help everyone. That's every, the way to be. We're going to make it grow. Yeah. That's how we grow the sport. And then I remember also every day after school, I have my gi in my, in your in bag. my backpack down to the jiu-jitsu. And then come home like around like eight, nine o'clock in the night. Have a g- dinner with my family. Yeah. Sleep. Wake up in the morning. School. And then from the school because my school back the day was from seven a.m. Uh-huh. to four p.m. Okay. It was like it was a long day. Long day. And then like a study. And, and then, then the tra- my training was five o'clock p.m. Okay. And then went down. Training for like one, two hours. 
and then he went home. Go home, go to bed, yeah, wake up, bed, do it again. Up, do it again, do it again, do it again. Every day. And my first competition was 2003. I didn't compete like right away because my right. mama didn't have the money to afford my competition. Right. And most of the competition uh, was you need of course. to pay. Always, yeah, something. And then later on, People start to like support more the projects, yeah. and then sometimes we was fight for free, you know. Well, maybe the the registration was like only like a ten reals. It was nothing, you know what I mean. So guys, look, so, if you ever have a chance to support a social project for kids to try jujitsu, maybe underprivileged kids, help them out, help. give something, anything, because you never know. The thing <laughs> yeah. you give might. Might Favela change Jiu-Jitsu, someone's yeah. life. Nico is doing great. It's a project. Like yeah, a, she's doing. Which, what's the project called? Favela Jiu Jitsu is a project Jiu-Jitsu. run by Nico Ball. She's an American girl, yes. and uh, she lived a long time in Brazil. And she really helps, like, send sponsorship money down to the project so the kids can compete, so that they have like snack programs. They can buy geese and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it's cool, guys. Check it out. What's what's it, it called? What's the website? Favela, Favela Jiu Jitsu. Favela Jiu Jitsu. And what's her name again? Nico Ball. Nico. <laughs> nice. She's yeah, man. Because you never know. Job. You never know if something you give might be the one thing that, exactly, that helps. Man. Exactly. Thanks, Hal. Might be the one Ooh. thing. <laughs> Look at that. We're having some uh, microphone stand oh, issues. You're broken, man. It's the table. It's the table is the problem, not the stand. <laughs> yeah, the table doesn't have anything to grab onto. You broke that. So you started 2001, Jackson. Almost 2001. 18 years of jujitsu. What like a, what a journey! What a journey, man! And so now you're happy. living in the most expensive city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't London is London and, and, and Moscow exactly. and Tokyo? It's most expensive, and then also I'm very sad because they're leaving the European, bro. I know they Did left you see the, the news. They, they left they're the leaving, European bro. Union. They're trying to do their own. Is that island island culture, man? Island island culture. They don't want they don't want shit from anyone. They yeah, want to live their man. own life on the island. But uh, I mean, Hawaii but is I like still, this. I, I, but I still like it. I think uh, London is a uh, it's a magnificent place to be. You I know? love that. I saw it one lot, time. A lot to offer, many opportunity, but you gotta work. Yeah, of course. If you wait, you're not gonna get nothing. Have you seen Stonehenge? Stonehenge. Henge. It's like four hours away from London. No, it's the, the stones that are in the circle, you know? The no, I've never, never been. Bro, you gotta go see Stonehenge. Yeah, never seen it's been it's one of the oldest I things. Mean, i never been there, but a lot of people told, already told me about it. But you I've gotta go there. see I it. It's one of the coolest things yeah. in the world. It's so old, <laughs> man. It's super old. It's a, they said when they built Stonehenge, what, at the time that it was built, it was the tallest structure ever built by humans. Yeah. Bro, it's only like 20 feet tall. But at that time, that was the biggest thing humans ever built, ever. Yeah, never been. That's there, crazy. Man. That's crazy. I've been there for like almost, almost eighty years. Almost. 80. I'm trying to get. Like, I'm, I'm trying to eyeball Drysdale. Almost. Drysdale's gonna come over here and join us. Gonna come here, join here too. All Jackson, right. do you want to shout out some sponsors or anyone? Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Give, I just wanna give us a shout out. my sponsor. You know, um, also to my boss Bear for always. Look out for me. You've been with Shoro a long time. Shoro right? a long time yeah. since 2012. So I'm so blessed to be to be part of the team. Yeah, it's a good team. Also, <laughs> half a day for everyone. Half a day from from Shoro. Also, my good friends in in Guam as well, and uh, RVCA as well. Who also giving me a lot of support. Austin, Pat. Um, also to my Jackson, you got all the cool sponsors. Bro. <laughs> yeah. You got the cool spot. You're the cool. You're one of the cool kids. You got the best sponsors. 
All the cool kids that were showing you on Ruka. Man, it's, a, it's like influence. It's a, when you hang out with like influence people. Yeah. It's like the, when, yeah. when it's raining, yeah. you have an umbrella, right? Right. If you put an umbrella over, over your head, uh -huh. you're going to go on the side. Right. You know, we stay on the side, you're going to get You're going to get the coverage. Yeah, exactly. okay. You're, just, <laughs> you're under the umbrella. Nice. But in, the, in a good way, you know yeah, what I mean? Of course. So, and also to, yeah, I think uh, to my team, Checkmat, and of course to everyone here who's competing today, all the master one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, and six, bro. And six. I, maybe sorry, seven? Sorry. How, do they have seven? seven? Is there master sevens? They have master and seven. Seven. Man, so respect, also, respect. Shout out to uh, IBJJF as well to make this happen again every year. It's always a good time. To make us like a feeling alive, fighting for yeah. our, you know, for our goals, for our, for our, our goals, you know, our, our goals, dreams, you know I mean? and dream. And at the same time, I also appreciate uh, everything he done for for the sport. Of course, Flo grappling as of well. Of course, gotta you thank Flo grappling. I gotta, I have to thank Flo grappling for letting me use their table space. Oh yeah, letting me hook up to their power. I tried, I tried to message IBJJF, and yeah. I was too late. I didn't. I waited till the last minute, and they said no. Yeah. Flow grappling hooked me up. Flow grappling, every, and everyone. I think everyone deserves a little like little love. Of course, a man. little bit. You Especially know. the white belts. White, exactly. Thank you, white, thank you, the white, white belts. To black. <laughs> because without you guys, we would have no one to make fun of. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm gonna shut it down for a minute. Thank and, you very uh, much I know for Jackson, having me. My pleasure, my man. I, I respect you. I love watching your jiu-jitsu, and man. I mean this with the, with the most respect ever. I hope we can have a match one day, ah! and I hope it's a I hope it's a badass you battle. Get badass for sure. We have to have this experience. Let's do it, man. Okay, I know it. you're probably gonna kill me. You'll probably kill me, but no, I'll man. try to get your neck. Oh, I'm gonna hide my neck man, because I know you have a really really strong guillotine. I know you have a really strong everything. So, <laughs> thanks, Jackson, man. Thank you very Take much, care, brother. Bro. Take care, guys. Thank you very much, guys. See you soon. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> see you, Jackson. Take care, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it down for a second, put it on pause, and see if I can get Drysdale to, to stop stop running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I'll get him over here and get back on. So stand by. Okay, so I'm over recording now over the other other episode. Okay, anyways, guys, real quick, I had to get Howl on the microphone um, because Jackson was talking about favela life and how has an extensive experiences with Brazil and could probably <clears throat> explain a little bit better uh, the situation that, that Jackson was kind of leaning towards. Yeah, so, you know, the thing with Jackson is he's a super humble guy, right? Yeah, super humble. He really, really is. And um, sometimes he kind of downplays the reality of the situation where he comes from. The right. truth is it's really fucking bad. Like, there were times when Jackson was not that young, you know, this is like throughout his entire life of living in Rio where he would have to spend literally nights sleeping in the gym because it wasn't safe to go back home because the, the entire violence. favela was at war. And like, and the war has between... The war is between rival drug gangs. Sometimes it's between the gangs and the police and stuff. And they, they actually say that in Portuguese. That is the, that is the phrase that they use. Muito guerra. Muito guerra, guerra na favela. A lot of war in the favela. Uh. And it, it literally is. It's the, you've got like guys with military grade weaponry just like shooting the shit up those place and you got normal average people who are just working class just walking back and forth family work each day families with kids and you know they get regularly get caught in the crossfire and um, it's a sad fact of life when the police make their incursions into the favelas as well 
they just go in. They don't take blazing. chances. No, absolutely yeah. not. Because they know they're going to get fired upon. So they yeah. just go in firing first. Yeah, 100%. And um, it's like there's a, a famous map, I think, on Call of Duty or something, which is actually in like a Brazilian favela. And it's like... Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like, it's actually kind of what it's like. They it's put scary. a Brazilian favela on Call of Duty. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you told me a story about a bullet coming through a wall. Was yeah. that that was Jackson's house? No. So there's a kid house. called Jonathan Marquez. And... Uh-huh. Um, his nickname is Moicano. So I've known Jonathan since he was probably like a orange belt, which seems about 13, something like that. And he was at Terror Ray's gym because he's from the same favela. Same yeah. favela as Jackson, Terror Ray, all those guys. Literally, it's like a, the favela of champions. Right. So For all the many, badass guys. All the best. Yeah. All the Checkmat team guys because the Checkmat gym is literally like right at the bottom of the favela. Uh-huh. And Terror Ray's gym is also at the bottom of the favela, just a, a couple of blocks away, really. Okay. And uh, this kid, Jonathan, training at Terra Ray's project since he was, you know, about 12, 13. And I met him and I built a relationship with him because he's a really good kid. I used to help him out here and there and stuff. And um, he uh, he got picked up and he did a couple of months here in the States with like the Mendez brothers as part of the initial Believe in a Chief program. Right, right. And he'd been here a couple of times with them and it was on one of his return visits that so he was back in Rio. I met up with him just to see how things were going. And... Uh, I kind of knew that there was a lot of shit going on in the favela at the time. And I was like, so how are things in the favela right now? And he's like, it's pretty bad. And I was like, how so? Like, how bad is it? And he's like, well, I was sat on the sofa like with his mother just watching TV one day. And, you know, a bullet just came in through one wall, like passed right by their heads and went out through the other wall. You know, that's the While reality they're just of the they just sitting there watching just TV. Just sat there just watching TV and it's like... Bullet you know, flies through the wall, out the other wall. And that's and that just was, daily that, life up there. And they didn't even hit the deck, I bet. Well, I don't <laughs> know maybe about that. Did. Maybe but, they did. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they did. But, I mean, that's a really tough environment for anybody to grow up in, right? Uh, it's a miracle that Jackson is not dead or... It is literally against all odds. A total shit. It is. But that favela has produced more people who have then gone on to travel the world and, and do amazing things. And, and, you know, he's not the only one. Terror Ray is one of the best right. examples. So he really paved the way for people in that favela. And then a lot of the Checkmat guys, they've now uh, left Checkmat and opened up their own place in the favela. Sandro Vieira. Um, Douglas Trator. They're all like master's age now, but these yeah. guys were like real big on the real scene. I've seen them. They've been to like, I saw Sandro teaching seminars in Siberia and Russia and places like that. Oh. They, those guys have traveled the world with jujitsu. And, you know, otherwise they would, literally there's two options in the favela. You either, you join the gangs. Right. Uh, Start or, slaying and drugs. Yep. Selling crack. Yeah. And, you know, walking around with a big gold chain around your neck and, you know, probably dead by the time you're 25. Right. Or you work yeah. in just really bad, menial, like, labor, tough, really hard, back-breaking labor, or just really shitty, low-paying jobs. Um, it's like the underclass. It's really your, sad. They got to claw their way out of there. Absolutely, Inch yeah. by inch. And I visited Jackson's house as well, you know, and it's... Um, it's it's amazing experience to go up there, but at the same time, it was kind of like, and wow, the, the you only guys way, really live here. The only way you were able to even get in there is because Jackson escorted you. Oh, yeah. Like, if you go there without an escort, a local escort, you're fucked, right? Yeah. I mean, didn't you tell me? Some you, gringos do live there, uh-huh. uh, but generally they live in certain parts, and they get a bit of a free pass because, all right, they live here. Okay, cool. Somebody right. vouches for them. Right. If you're just a gringo just walking up there for fun, like uh, animals in a zoo, oh, let's check this place out. Right. Don't do that. You get, you get taken out. 
But yeah, I went up there a bunch of times with Jackson. And uh, one time, it was the day after Copa Podio. It's still a wild story, man. Day after Copa Podio, Lightweight Grand Prix 2016, January. Yeah. January is the height of summer in Rio, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot Cause as Southern Hemisphere. Shit, yeah. And it was like, it must have been 100, 105 degrees that day. It was brutal. And those favelas are steep, right? You just have to walk up like a thousand steps to right. get to the top. It was me, Jackson, Reed Connell, my flow grappling right. partner, right. Uh, AJ Agazam, Isaac Bayens, and Dylan Danis. And it was the day after Dylan Danis broke his arm in Copa Podio. Right. I remember? remember? I remember he he yeah. had his arm in like was this a, was huge a brown belt sling. Belt? No, he just got his black. He just got black. But he broke his arm in the semi-final or maybe the third place yeah. match against Diego Borges. Right. Great tournament. But I anyway, he, he had his arm like in this sling and shit. And... Um, yeah, we went up through the favela and uh, AJ being fucking AJ, right? Being the shithead that he is. <laughs> I'll he say was, it. I don't uh, give a fuck. He was walking around and he was just filming everything on his Snapchat. You know? His phone uh, out, spinning around in circles with his pretty phone. Pretty much. Now, being an idiot. There are certain parts where you can After Jackson do that. told him not to. Well, no, there are certain parts of the favela where it's okay to film, but there right. are also certain parts, and it's literally you turn a corner and Jackson would turn a corner, he'd poke his head around, see who's around, and he'd let us know. He's like, guys, no phones out no filming whatsoever until I say you're good to go. Yeah. Because there were people who did not want to be filmed. Of course. Right? Yeah. And uh, and we're all like, okay, Reed's got his camera. I got my phones, like, put him away. And then, like, you know, 10 seconds later or whatever, it'd be like, okay, you can get your phone out again now. AJ being AJ was like, ha, he's just filming I'm fucking do everything. do what I want. I'm and a he little, films this one dwarf. guy who's, like, you know, kind of hanging out in a doorway. And the guy is like runs up and fucking grabs his phone oh. and Jackson's like immediately like tense you know if Jackson's worried yeah I'm worried of course right? of course and the guy was like I say in stand Portuguese the guy's like oh this motherfucker was filming me he was filming me and Jackson's like Jackson's like AJ just delete the file man just delete it just delete it and AJ's like no 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 I wasn't filming I wasn't filming it's okay it's okay and the guy's like like literally ripping the phone out of his hands I just whisper in AJ's ear I'm like AJ delete the fucking file man you're gonna get a shot because like it's not just your life you're fucking with it's all of us he yeah. didn't realize that the guy was by himself but literally around the corner there were people with like submachine guns ready to go absolutely yeah so yeah that was a hairy moment ready, ready to Thanks, light AJ. up this fucking pretty boy yeah his fucking hair i didn't want to make it one of those uh, statistics so you yeah. know like <laughs> foreigners you gotta fucking respect Hey, I do what I want on my podcast. Shut up. You weren't even here on time. Sorry, Keenis. this is R-rated. It's not usually this graphic. Keenis finally showed up, and he's uh, he doesn't like that. He's not approving my F-bombs. You know what? The, <laughs> the kids like it. You can bleep it out, right? Yeah. Man. Well, thank you, Hal. For, thank you, Hal, for the breakdown. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. No, it's no problem. I yeah, because I think a lot. You're right. Jackson, Jackson kind of downplayed it, you know? Like, he did. Being the humble guy that he is. Think about uh, Jackson and, and I was talking about this with Andre earlier because we were looking at that photo of him with the guys, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, partying, like, you know, celebrating with Terre, Galvao, yeah. and Jacare. And I was talking about that with Galvao earlier. And it's like, bear in mind that that was like, Galvao was either brown or black belt right there in that photo. What year was it? Was it was like 2005, I think it was. That's, that's, something when, that's like when he that, got right? a black belt. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jackson was like a, a yellow or orange belt. And then, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they faced each other in the Black Belt World Championship Finals. Yeah, right. That's true. 2016 or 17. So. 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that's uh, that's, that's incredible in itself. That right? is that is incredible. Yeah. And all we saw was two guys going at it. We had no idea that they've have they have well, history, history all the way back until Jackson's childhood. And you know, 
different teams, whatever. But but even Andre has a ton of respect for Jackson. Yeah, because Jackson's one of those guys as well. He never complains. Yeah, you never hear him make any kind of excuses for anything never, whatsoever. Never. He just shows up. If he wins, raises his hand. If he doesn't, he'll clap and he'll shake the guy's hands. Always a good attitude. He's so polite. He's so humble. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal sportsman. Love that guy. Shout out Jackson Souza. Thanks for spending some time with me, Hal. And uh, well, we got the keenest back in back in the house. Is this an ongoing podcast or what's going on? Um, yeah, I'm probably about 45 minutes of. Oh, you're gonna put it all together to the Nogi World. It's recording. Like- it's just recording. I'll just stop it and start it and stop it and start it. That makes it. sense. Yeah. Cool. So I was trying to get Drysdale over here, but he's running around with this. Like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, it's a nice little booth you got set it's up. It's cool. Here. Yeah, it's a cool situation we got going Absolutely. here. So we're sitting right behind the barricades at the tournament. We can see the matches, kind of, sorta. I was so scattered this morning. I I was really preoccupied with some Nerf guns that I bought. Oh, Nerf and guns? I forgot my Bro. my microphones. Bro, the Nerf guns are next level this these days. The new ones. Have They're, you seen the, them? Yeah, dude. They. Yeah, this is happening. This yeah. is happening right now. Dude, the new Nerf Nerf guns are like replacing paintball and airsoft because like they shoot. They shoot little foam balls that are like textured like a golf ball, yes, so they are they super float. aerodynamic. They float. Yeah. And I bought uh, twelve of them for <laughs> for the gym <laughs> to have some Nerf battles on the mat. Oh, you bought it for the academy? Yeah. I thought you were talking about at home. No, no, these are, they, they shoot too fast for the for home. They the new Nerf guns shoot at like a hundred feet per second. That's seventy miles an hour. Oh my god! And so they sting. And so they you, fly really far, and so it's they're like automatic weapons. It's like has a hopper like a paintball type situation yeah, yeah but it looks like a gears of war gun so it's like super massive i don't think a kid could even hold it it's so big it looks like it's a, a it's cannon a, they're nerf guns for adults yeah they're they're adult nerf gun bro toys. let's let me get I have it in me, my car let me get it yeah, let me it's get so it on sick. this <laughs> i'm charging the battery in my car because i wanted to show people and just like light someone up because they think it's just a nerf gun but it's actually like an assault weapon a gonna, foam ball <laughs> it's gonna it's actually gonna give you bruises yeah like if, i haven't been hit by it yet but it'll look these things move fast it probably doesn't feel good to get shot you with gotta it. wear eye protection yeah i bought some goggles as well i wish they had those badass nerf guns when i was young i had the shitty ones with the dude and I, the thing is like nerf is like ha- they get a bad rep because people think that it's like the old stupid darts that are hard to load right. and you lose them all and they get lost these things like you literally just scoop them off the ground and just shove them in the top of the gun and it works just like a paintball yeah you just can grab them and they're all reusable i figure my mat space is like a perfect containing location for them so you can just sweep them all up at the end just yeah, like yeah. get thousands of the little balls and have Bro. a little ball basket what if we get those boxes that are 24 hour that we can jump on you that's like, what i'm that's what i was gonna say i was gonna look for some like gymnastic kids blocks yes. with like wedges and like yes. build like a whole war zone for Bro, kids class. capture the flag with jujitsu exactly capture the flag I was thinking about that too, but I think it has to be strictly non-jujitsu because these guns are so big that if people start grappling around them, like someone's going to get hurt and hit in the head with a gun. Someone's going to get pistol whipped. It's with a massive. It's literally like four feet long. Someone's going to get pistol whipped with a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> a rifle whip. Yeah. Have you have you watched any matches today? I saw Connor's match. He won. I did not see. Connor got first? He won uh, he, I saw just his first match. No. He I, won by, he took the guy's back, but the guy almost arm barred him for a second. I saw. Andy. I was like, Connor, come up on the single, and Connor came up on the single and immediately gave his back. I was like, oh, bad coaching, I guess. Like, you're supposed to come up. He like came up and turned away with the ankle. Because he, he he does that shit in the gi when he tur- he comes up on a single. Right, and, right. On the wrong. But side. he's got the collar in the right. gi, and he didn't have it here, and so he almost got his back taken, but then he escaped. I wonder if Connor cruised his van up here. He's just sleeping in the van in the parking lot. 
What? His van. van oh, probably, van. huh? Yeah, he just rolls up in the van. He must. He doesn't have another car. I don't know if you guys know or remember, but Connor's van boy. So he lives in a van that's been decked out with a bed and kitchen and everything. So he could roll up to the tournament, park in the parking lot, and just fucking sleep there all weekend. Yeah. As long as you have a 24-hour fitness membership, you have a shower wherever exactly. you go in California, at least. Exactly. 24 hours everywhere around here. The bed's a little small for such a tall guy, I think. I think he has to, like, go fetal. <laughs> I was sleep. wondering. He has to sleep diagonal. <laughs> I think I needed a better des- inter- like design plan, make it a little longer. Maybe he could have, like, a pop-out section on his van where he just can extend the bed But it just bit. doesn't make sense to, like, have it as a transportation vehicle, too, because it gets, like, 10 miles per gallon. Yeah, it gets shit gas like, mileage. You got to get you gotta hook that. You got to get a Tesla van. You got to, yeah, like, modify. The, you got to, like, cut off the top of a Model X and, like, put a van on that's it. That's the upgrade. Hey, I started reading that book you gave me for, about Elon Musk. Yeah, it's really yeah, I'm, good. I'm on chapter three right now. Super it, interesting. It gets better, yeah. That's that, You're still in his childhood and, yeah, like, moving yeah. to Canada and right. stuff. He just moved to Canada. I'm in, yeah. I'm in Canada right now. It gets so much better towards, like, once he actually starts doing cool stuff when he makes money and yeah, yeah. what he does with his money is so sick. Yeah. He seems like a very interesting human. That's my favorite book I've read this year. Well, listen, I listen to it on Audible. Oh. I'm an Audible guy. Yeah, I'm old school. I do that thing like when I'm reading, all, my brain will keep reading and my eyes are still scanning the words, but my, I'm thinking about something else. And the next thing I know, I'm like <laughs> three quarters down the page, three quarters down the page and it didn't absorb any of it. It's like when you're driving and you zone out and then you, all of a sudden you're like three miles from your exit. You're like, what the fuck happened for the past 30 minutes? Yeah. Where was I? <laughs> where was I? I was thinking about a jiu-jitsu match and uh, I wasn't paying attention to my driving. I've been having that happen a lot to me lately. <laughs> And it makes me feel like I'm in a time, like, like I experienced some sort of wormhole. <laughs> like I've passed the same. Intended. Yeah. <laughs> On Miramar Road, I was trying to find this food spot and I must have passed it like four times. I'm like, I was, just, I know I was looking for it. How did yeah. I pass it again? <laughs> you were daydreaming about jujitsu yeah. matches and Nerf Wars. So why no, no, Nogi Worlds for you this year? I'm just burnt out, bro. Yeah. I'm just burnt out. Everyone keeps sending me good luck messages. I'm like, why the fuck do you guys think I'm competing? Like, clearly, you haven't looked at the bracket. You haven't looked at the list. I I very clearly did a, a breakdown of, of the divisions, and I noted that I'm not doing it. But that was for flow, right? Um, no, but here's what happened, man. 12 weeks of training for ADCC. Yeah. And then I tacked on four more after for Fight to Win with Merlo. Oh, yeah. And I just after that Merlo match, I was toast. Yeah, most ADCC camps that I've been involved with, it's pretty hard to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> to keep grinding. Nogi Worlds is an every other year tournament right. just because of ADCC right. schedule. I took one one week off and I just jumped back on it. I think Mo's here today somewhere. Is he? He said he posted on his Instagram he was here. Momo? Cap- Captain ADCC? He was looking at venues for next ADCC. I saw um, who, who do you think throughout Vegas. Who do you think we absolutely have to get on this microphone this weekend? Who's here that we need to get? Um, I haven't seen the competitor list, so I'm not really sure. I think that you got the right idea of just kind of grabbing people as they pass. If, and just if like, anyone walks by right now, I'm just going to yell at them. Come here. Yeah, just get right. them for like five minutes well, even. Well, here comes Andre. Awkward. I should, if I had brought my <laughs> mic, I would have done it with you. You're not no, go- I, saw, I saw Andre over there. He was uh, busy, so I stepped into Coach Connor until he showed up, and then I respectfully left the mat area. But that's, that's good. Did you say hi? I didn't, no. Okay, just- Last time I saw hi- said hi to him, it was like kind of weird, so... I'll, I'll let him come to me this time. Oh, is that the plan? That's the plan, yeah. That's the strategy. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw his squid guard pass. Oh, he made, made a video or what? Yeah, it's like on Instagram or something. Uh-huh. I think he's doing some of the BJJ fanatics about lapel guard passing. So I'll have to, I'll have to formulate a quick <laughs> and, and swift counter strategy. <laughs> is, is there jiu-jitsu I'll, technique battles? Just or? <laughs> itemize every single 
a pass that he shows and then show a counter. <laughs> He's going to show a pass and you're going to show something else, uh, an attack and yeah. a counter. And then maybe I can like put him <laughs> all out for free to like somehow counteract. This is stupid. This is what jiu-jitsu guys do. They're like, oh, look, this guy put up a video about how to counter the worm guard. Well, dude, I'm going to show a it's video. It's a new culture, man. It's the instructional culture, dude. I'm in it. Instructional wars. I'm not, dude, I'm the last man standing who's just like riding solo on the instructional train. Everyone else is teaming up with the cor big corporations. I heard, I actually, I heard, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone about BJJ fanatics and I guess they're, yeah, they're just, they're, they they're, they're the king, BJJ fanatics. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do all the videos. I just got done filming my series with grapplers. I, oh, I can't talk about that in front of you. Sorry. You're speak. I'm sure you can hear yourself nice. I can loud. hear myself nicely. Yeah. yeah. I can't hear Sorry, you at I keep all. turning away from you. I don't have my, I don't have headphones with me. Dina, could you turn Josh up a bit? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know, I, know right? I know. Turn it up, Josh. Anyways, yeah. who do we need to get out here? Who's here? Jacques Ray was here, man. He was here yesterday. I haven't but seen I, anyone, man. I can't. I couldn't get it. He's gone now. I really, really want to. I have to. Him. I have to do my interview with uh, Flow Grappling now, so I gotta go. So we gotta pause this podcast right. until the next guest. Cool. I'm just gonna sit here and. and How snack. do you pause it? You just hit it on your I'm computer. Gonna, I'm gonna hit the stop. What is this software you're using? This is uh, GarageBand. Oh, just GarageBand. Anyways, okay. I'm gonna pause. Get the job done. Yeah, I'm gonna pause it right. You can hear me okay. I sound okay. You sound beautiful. Okay. Okay, guys. Cool. We'll, we'll be back. Pause. Go take a potty break. Yeah, Miha's gonna fight, so I'm gonna go watch Miha. All right. I'll be back. Okay, our little break is over. <clears throat> Got back on the mic with my man, Christian Woodman Z, the rooster of all roosters, the smallest man in this tournament, but with the biggest heart. Probably the biggest personality, to be honest. You're so sweet. And the reason I asked Christian to come here just at this very moment is because Jackson was telling us about his childhood hardships and coming up in the favela. And I just wanted, I know Christian has a uh, very interesting backstory as well, not very different from Jackson. So Christian, I don't know where you want to start or how do, how do we dive into this? Yeah, but uh, I, know. I know that you were adopted by your friend's family. Correct. At a certain yeah. at a certain age. Late age. It was like 15. 15 yeah. because your parents were not there, period. Correct. And uh, your dad was gone when you were young. Yeah, I don't even uh, recall in terms of what age. I, it was very, very young. Yeah. Maybe three, no, four-ish. No memories whatsoever. No memories whatsoever. One one small memory that it's possible that I created in my mind. That's how young I was, but um, never saw him. And then your mom was just not very uh, motherly. We, yes. We don't have to say anything bad uh, about her. She was mentally unstable. Okay. You know, she, was, she, had, she was battling some things, but... Um, it was uh, wasn't looking wasn't capable of being a, a mother. Correct. I would say looking back now, being a father and also experiencing being adopted into a real family, it definitely wasn't a normal or envir a particular environment that you would want to have for somebody. But yeah, right. And so, so you were we were talking at breakfast this morning, and you were telling me that uh, you didn't know what a normal childhood should be like. Well, in the moment, I thought what I had was normal. <coughs> Which is getting beaten down and yelled at. and Physical abuse, mental abuse, you know, verbal lack abuse. thereof of holidays and whatnot. But yeah, that's what I thought was normal at that time. And so even even when you were technically your mom's child, you were spending a lot of your time with uh, your friends' families. Correct. Yes. And in an inordinate amount of time because I knew I didn't like being home. Right. Yeah. And they took care of you. Yeah. Brought you in, and eventually they adopted you. Well, actually, so for a couple of years, well, 
I would say for a good two years, I bounced around a lot and I would stay at like close friend's house for an extended period of time. Couch surfing. To a degree, yeah. But I was young, so it wasn't like I was driving to their house and you right. know, like, hey, can you pick me up? Can I come spend the weekend for, with you? Stuff like that. So, right. And uh, I never enjoyed school, but I knew I had to keep going. So like, I obviously couldn't go spend the night at someone's house too much overnight. And some some people knew more about my situation than others. But um, yeah, for the most part, I tried to spend as little time at home as I could until I got to the age to where I could be more responsible for myself to drive or right. extend my my visits away but yeah it's brutal so um coming back to present day uh you guys may or may not notice if you follow christian that he's a hustler right you're hustling always and sometimes and i and i feel bad about it now because i know i used to give you a hard time about all your hustling and it was easy to make jokes about um because christian is like he's like i'm in this town who wants a seminar and we would always make jokes like man look at christian just hustling for some work you know but when you came from nothing, that's how you survive. Um, yeah, I mean, um, if we were to sit down with someone who perhaps has a degree in whatever it takes to be a therapist, where it may be, like, you know, I, I from a very young age, I understood that I had to survive, you know? So um, I asserted my dominance a lot. I had to understand, like, hey, I got to eat, you know? So um, I kind of took that with me, and as times got better, I just kind of kept that characteristic and... I have what I have now, and I've done what I've done because of that. But, right. Yeah. And even still, I knew you like five years ago, and we were training at Autos, and I had I had just arrived to San Diego, and you had arrived just a little bit before that. And I remember saying, "Hey, Christian, like we just finished training, and like, well, hey, let's go get some Chipotle." And you were like, "No, nah, I'm not going to eat." And I was like, "Why? Why the? F- we just trained like savages for two hours. Can we please go eat?" And you were like, "I don't have any money." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, fuck that. We're still going to go eat." Oh, what's up, Tom the Blast? Come visit me later. Come visit me later. Get on this microphone with me. Um, and I remember that, yeah, there was five years ago, it's not that long ago, man, not that all. you were skipping lunch because you didn't have money for lunch. Yeah. I mean, Andre gave me sometimes, like, yeah. he would ask me or have an inclination, and he'd be like, hey, take this money and go eat. But right. yeah, I mean, I was just. I was hungry, you know, but I was just picking my priorities. I had to focus, you know, but it was tough for a while. Yeah, even and then. And so here we are five years later, and yep. now you have a brand new academy, Logic and Philly. Correct. Yep. You're driving, we're driving around an M4 BMW with a turbocharger, which is terrifying. They come that way, yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. Don't, uh, if you guys want to live to see your grandchildren, do not get in the car with Christian on a rainy day. And, um, and things are going well for you. You got a yeah. wife, you got a beautiful wife, a beautiful baby. And life is good. Yeah. And what what do we owe, what do we owe it to? What's what's the key phrase here? Jujitsu. Yeah, jujitsu and hard work. Hard work. Yeah. Hard work. Busting your ass. You want to come? Yeah. Five minutes. Huh? Five minutes. Okay. Robert's gonna come join us in five minutes. Um, and there it is, my man. Yeah. Just don't quit. Like when you're out there hustling, don't let people bring you down. Because they want to, you know, maybe they're envious of the hustle. Maybe, yeah. maybe you feel, make them feel inadequate yeah. when you're out there busting your ass, working hard and they're not. And they're like, oh man, look at Christian. He's such a great, he's hustling. He's just a hustler. But this is how you make shit happen. Yeah. I mean, it, don't listen to the, the naysayers. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, I've experienced it obviously in, in my personal life with loved ones, family, whatever you want to define that as friendships, teammates were like, even like, 
somebody may disapprove of what you're doing to some degree, whether they love you or they're like, hey, I don't want you to do that anymore. I think it's wrong, but it's like, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. There's things that I could have done better, but at the end of the day, it's like, I just had to be persistent and keep going, you know, and obviously uh, certain things uh, feel more, more have more value than others, but like, I mean, yeah, it's 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 brutal. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. So you got to. Like, I've always been taught like you got to take what's yours, you know. So nobody's gonna put money in my pocket. No one's gonna teach a seminar for me, you know. Closed mouths don't get fed. So still doing it now, working just as hard. So fuck yeah, bro. Happen. I respect it. I have a lot of respect for you. I want you to know that. Appreciate I want to say that. On, I want to say that on the record. Appreciate that. And uh, so let's talk about this weekend. How you feeling? I feel good. Um, you just got your first degree on your black belt. My first degree black belt. Congratulations! So I feel a little old. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all it means. All it yeah. means is getting old. But uh, I feel like I'm starting to find myself, find my groove, find my jujitsu. My jujitsu's changed changed a lot in just three years alone. Yeah. You know, maybe not technique wise, but like my understanding of it. So yeah, I look I look at you as an example of seeing like you know like hey put in the work and Thank it'll you. work out. So. Well, you're coming off a win at Fight to Win, right? Your last Fight to Win match? Yeah, I won Fight to Win. I won Nogi Pan Ams last year. Right. I didn't do Nogi Pan Ams this year. I mean, the baby's young, so it's a little bit tough to yeah, choose. Yeah, but of course. Um, been staying consistent. Won Atlanta Open, some other things too, but yeah, so. So you're going on Sunday? Correct. I've only got three fights. Three matches yep. and to gold. Correct. And uh, probably the, the most notable name in your division is Talison. Little Meow. Yeah. Little Meow. And uh, he's, he's a notorious guard puller, right? Yeah. You're probably going to stay on top. Yeah. You've been working on some of that guard passing? Yeah, I'm like an anti-guard puller type of guy when someone else is a guard puller. So, um, I mean, I respect respect him a lot. You um, saw him. He's great. great he's great got athlete. a lot of power behind him, you know. But uh, I, although I respect him, I also know that I can't respect him when we compete, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, I'm aware of his game. I've I watched him compete at Nogi Pan Ams and some other events, too, in his Nogi style. So, like... Uh, if, the, if things yeah. work out, you'll meet up in the semis, right? Uh, second fight, yeah. So semis, he's yeah. fighting. He's fighting a Rodney, kind of close teammate from Unity, first round, and I'm fighting somebody from Europe. Okay. And then we'll meet up in the second match. Cool. And then uh, who do you think is a likely finalist on the lower half of the bracket? Like, um, well, last year's winner Nabro has what? a bye, and then he fights the he fights the winner of Rodney and someone else. Okay. Uh, Rodney obviously just took silver at Worlds in the gi. Okay. Um, I've competed against Nogi, so I don't have too much to say in, in that shape, way, or form, because it's been a while since I competed against him. But I what think is, what Christian's trying to humbly say is that he beat him one time, um, but so he doesn't want to say that. Rodney, we, no, you don't have to say it. I said it for you. Okay, so Rodney, <laughs> I think Rodney Nabro will fight. Um, I, I think Rodney will win that fight, and Rodney will be in the finals, and he'll face, obviously, the winner of Tyson and me. So, yes. Yeah. Cool. Myself. Yeah. yeah. You feeling good? You happy? I feel good. Life's uh, good. Weight's good. Life's good. Been FaceTiming the baby and the wife a lot, you know. So I'm uh, happy to be here. Good to see teammates. Good to see other people compete and do well. And it's super, it's super fun to come to tournaments and see all the old friends that you've known for all the years. You know, it really is. You know, it's like it's, a high school yeah, reunion. Yeah, it's nice know? to see like old instructors, old teammates. Yeah. You know, and they're supportive, so it's cool. But uh, it's a it's a nice day to kind of it's like a high school reunion exactly. with people you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly with people that you have shit in common with. Correct. You know, funny story is uh, what year is it? 2019. Next year is my 20 year high school reunion. 2020. I graduated in 2000, and I'm 100 percent not going because <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. It wouldn't be worth it. It would not be worth <laughs> it. I actually still keep in touch with my high school best friend. He lives in San Diego, and we hang out together. Like, nice. Yeah, we text each other all the time. So he's really the only person I care about. Yeah. Sometimes you listen to the podcast. I think when you go there, it's like a dick measuring contest. Right. And, or who, some people like, successful, hey, right? or the opposite to like, hey, my life is so bad. How bad is yours? You know, like <laughs> I had 12 kids. I hate them all, you know? But, uh, 
it's always interesting. Uh, speaking of hating kids, remember that thing I posted the other day? Yeah. <laughs> Is it still blowing up? What's up, Tom? How you doing, buddy? Um, People are still commenting on it. Yeah, that yeah. thing was crazy. Yeah, some kid, po- some guy posted in Reddit about how he hates his kids. It was a really difficult thing to read, and I, I posted it on my Facebook. If you guys want to check that out, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> he basically said, like, if my wife and kids cr- died in a car crash, he wouldn't be sad at all. That's how much he hates his kids. That's, and the, the thread, it was a Reddit thread. It was called uh, Truth Suicide, like Suicide Truth, because he was, commi- he was thinking about committing suicide. Yeah. Guys, don't fucking commit suicide. That's my advice to you. If you want to succeed in life, don't fucking kill yourself. Don't do it. Correct. Um, you know, I and I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that, sir. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I, I don't know how to. I was going to say something, but I don't know how to approach it the right way with the right word to not fuck it up. So I'm just going to shut my mouth. Respect. Yeah. So what else? Nothing. Got some affiliates. Uh, got some affiliates. Yeah, building up, building everything up. You know, trying to. I want affiliates. Accomplish. Maybe you should do it. <laughs> how do I do that? Man, you, you put, travel a lot. You put it have out, conversations. Put it put out on a podcast. Out there. <laughs> I mean, it's not just a podcast too, but yeah, I mean, like a lot of a lot of times, people probably don't even know that you would be interested in having affiliates, and then that will probably create some things too. But closed mouths don't get fed. Just say it. I'm sure you'd be shocked how many people be affiliated with you. Well, if Captain you guys America are looking, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> if you guys are looking for an affiliate instructor, maybe uh, shoot me an email. There you go. You know, just a thought. And uh, have you seen anyone interesting around here, Ken- or, okay, Keenan? <laughs> Appreciate that. Thing. <laughs> but you, hey, your name starts with a K. It's very close. I mean, yeah. you're really good in a gi and lapel. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Actually, Kristen, do you prefer gear or no gi? Depends on the time of year. You know, I thought of a very, yeah, when it's cold, yeah. gi is good. I hate the fact that they do no gi in December. I hate it. I agree. Well, it's easy for you in, 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 in Southern California, right. but not so much anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah, Philly was cold. Oh, stupid. I, I, I can't Seasons handle. exist there. Yeah, I can't handle training no gi in the winter. It sucks. The people there are good people. And that's what matters. In Philly? Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. I got that vibe. Shout out to Philly. Uh, If you guys don't know, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love because the word Philadelphia literally means Phila is love and Delphia is brotherhood. There you go. That's Philadelphia, brotherhood, city of brotherly love. AKA Philadelphia. Philadelphia. (laughs) Well, Philadelphia is so interesting because um, there's basically no traffic laws. The yeah, it's, police, a, it's a grid of stop signs. Yeah, the police are completely busy doing other shit, like solving uh, murders and rape cases and, and child abduction, yeah. that they actually don't give a fuck Serious about. Serious crimes, yeah. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about the traffic laws. So I remember I was in the car with Christian one time, and he literally just ran a red uh, a stop sign. Yeah. It was a four-way stop, yeah. you know, so it wasn't too dangerous. But you ran a stop sign right in front of a cop. They don't care. And he didn't care, and you didn't care, and no one cared, and okay. it just happened. And I was like, man. You probably cared more than anybody else. I, yeah, yeah, it's true. I said, this is like, this, this is next level California roll. The California stop is when you roll through a stop sign. Oh, but, yeah. Bro, you didn't even slow just down. Just go. People park on the sidewalks, right? Park, and in the middle of the street. On the islands, yeah. and, the, and a boulevard. If there's a big boulevard with three lanes on each side, and there's an island in the middle, you can, you can drive up on the curb and park on the island, and no one will think twice about nope. it. It's normal. Normal. <laughs> Absolutely normal. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's a different world out there. It really is. Philadelphia. I always have a great time when I'm there. Philadelphia. It is a great place. Yeah. So it's got a lot of history. Yeah. So if you guys are in Philly and you want to check out Christian's Academy, it's called Logic Philly. Yep. And uh, it's a beautiful academy. It's massive. How many square Thank feet? You. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Currently. Yeah, ten thousand yeah. square feet. Brand new mats. It's beautiful. Um. Okay. Well, you got anything else for us? 
Are you, no. you going to bring maybe, it back? Maybe Let's, we'll chat later yeah, with we'll, other people or we'll, something. We'll so. bring it back later. I'm just going to go ahead and hit that stop button and uh, see if Drysdale is finally, finally right over here. Come I'll over go, here and talk to I'll go grab shit. Bobby. Yeah, go grab him. So I'm just going to hit my uh, record button. All right. So we're back at it. I got the notorious Hobbert Drysdale. Hobbert Drysdale. Drysdale. And um, I had to give him the headset so I can't hear myself. But you can hear my sexy voice and you can tell me if I sound like shit. You're good. So, you're the man on the mic this weekend, right? Correct. You're going to be commentating tomorrow, Saturday? That is correct. Saturday and Sunday. Sunday for the black belts only or? Uh, I believe so. I don't know exactly. I don't have, uh, the, I mean, I, should, I think I have the schedule. I don't even have it checked. I was going to plan on doing it when I got back to the hotel. But uh, yeah, should be black belts for sure. Maybe brown belts. I'm kind, of up, I'm kind of upset that they didn't ask me to join you on the commentating mic. Oh, we'll get you on there, man. I, at least I can pop in as a guest. Yeah, I'll, I'll put in a word for this you. Is how, you this is how bitter I was. I was so mad they didn't invite me to come commentate. I said, fuck you guys. I'm going to bring my own shit. Set up my own spot on my and, table. And use the flow, and the flow <laughs> grappling table here to set you, up. I'm going to use your space. I'm going to use your power. And I'm going to do my own my own thing. So what's new? Oh, man. Um, lots of new stuff. Um, Let's hear it. Okay, documentary is almost done. I've been promising for a guard. while. The Close Guard documentary. documentary. We're going to try to tell the... The history of the evolution and development of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil up to the 1950s. So our story takes place 1900, early 1900s to 1950s. So that's where we stop. Kimura Helio fight, kind of where we wrap it up. That kind of like sets the 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 split right between judo and what we now call Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right. Right. More right. Or less. Uh, we talked about it briefly the last time yeah, that we uh, yeah, we it's met. So much work, man. You find a picture and you want to get the picture. You want to use the picture on documentary, right? And you got to find out who owns the picture, which is an omission in itself. Like, how do you find out who owns that picture? Because I, uh, you know, the person that owned, that took the picture might be dead, but that means that his son, someone else owns daughter, it. Yeah, someone, someone, someone inherited it. it. Exactly. Right. And they have rights over that image, and you got to get permission for that, right? Which is not an easy thing to do, obviously. Uh, so it's slower. It's been slower than than you know originally anticipated. But we will have a rough edit, rough cut by the end of January. That's the plan, and we want to have a final one by April. Okay. You well, know, I think so. what we talked in uh, August during Master Worlds. Yeah. And you told me six months. So yeah, you know we're, we're we're on track. The thing is, yeah. it's a lot of work. We have to bring some new people on board to help uh, out, like with uh, with this research, and um, you know, but it's moving forward. So that's one thing. Uh, what else is going on? Team is going good in Vegas, expanding and more involved. Uh, you know, hiring new people, growing the business. Good. We starting an MMA team now. Oh, cool. Doing Zenith MMA. Gilbert Burns in there. What's that? Is he, it's Gilbert Burns. He, he, Gil, Gilbert trains out of. I mean, I would love to have Gilbert. He's a he's Zenith member. He's right? Zenith, but right? He trains out of. Uh, uh, eight, he's in Florida. He's right? in he's Florida. Got a gym there, right. so. I see him every now and then. I don't off train with him as much as you know I would like to, but you never know in the future. But I'm starting something from scratch in Vegas. I want to do something. A so at different. your academy, an MMA team. Well, I in Vegas. right now already have like a little, uh, um, you know, a fetus, of a group, a, a group of dudes of an MMA gym. Yeah. gym but I actually want to have uh, uh, our own spot, and the idea is to have everything in house, everything from wrestling coaching, striking, strength and conditioning, management, everything under one roof. And have it run a little more like collegiate wrestling, like an Olympic team would be run, right? Okay. Versus the coaches actually telling you what you're going to be doing today versus right. the fighters like being the boss, which is normally the dynamic in MMA. Whereas MMA guys are like telling the coaches what they're going to be doing for the camp, which is weirder to me. But that's pretty much how it is. So we're trying to flip that on its head and go back to a model that I believe is is more successful. Rob, you, I, you have a history in MMA, right? 
Correct. You had some fights, right? Yes. Uh, nine. How many? Nine. Nine fights. Did we talk about this already? I don't think. I don't remember. remember. I don't think so. No. Right? You had nine fights. Um, what years were these? Um, first fight. Well, for my first fight was amateur. Right? Yeah. Um, two thousand eight. I got counts. so much shit for that, by the way. Why? Everyone's like, well, because I had just won ADCC and I'm fighting amateur. I'm like, I've never been punched in the face in my life. Right. Is it Everyone's like, I've been punched in the face in the gym and I'm okay So because with that, you but... won ADCC, you shouldn't have an amateur MMA fight? Oh, I got so much shit for you. Really? Amateur, man. Yeah, because I think most people, they just, you know, I think that on the other extreme, you get the Marcelo Garcia and Solo when they debuted in MMA, they went straight to the top. Right. They were fighting guys with like, you know, they're with like really successful records and they're 0-0 and, and I'm like... Guys, it's not the same. Yeah, man. you've never like, been in a fight before. No, yeah. like, I mean, last time, time I was in a fight, I was probably like 11 years old, man. Right. Seriously. So, you know, I'm in the gym. I'm getting punched in the face. I'm okay. It's not too bad. But you don't know who you really are until you're actually, the lights are on and like you're on the spot and like this guy's swinging at you. Like, you know, I wanted to get my feet wet first, right? So I had an amateur fight in 2008. And then I had a very slow MMA career because I got sucked into coaching. Okay. I was like coaching UFC championships before I actually had fought professionally, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. Grappling. Well, like or no, a UFC title fights. I was really? cornering UFC title fights before I had actually. Frank fought was it Frank? Uh, <laughs> no, I trained uh, Forrest Griffin, Randy Couture, okay. Frank Mir, Vitor Belfort, Joanne um, uh, Vanderlei Silva. Nah, you, so got, was, I'm, you yeah. got some history in the sport. Yeah, that's funny because I was doing all that before I actually fought professionally. So when I, by the time I started fighting, I was doing that and running the team and running the gym. So needless to say. I got spread thin like I always do. And, you know, it kind of put a dent in my career, a little slower than intended. But uh, I did get eight professional fights in. Uh, so one amateur, eight pro. Eight pro. Nine correct. fights. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Good experience, man. I, did, I didn't make it as far as I'd like to, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in my life. Right. It's, it's, it meant so much to me that I did that, regardless of me making it to the top. Right. I never made a top 10, you know. But I had. Five pro fights, and then I, I realized I wasn't I wasn't about that life. <laughs> the weight cutting, the, I don't, the, I don't, the getting honestly, punched in the face. It's not fun. I don't like the culture. It's not. I love the art. It's I very think, alpha, huh? Yeah, it's it's very individualistic, very yeah. alpha. The BJJ's got like the more sore, more brotherhood, brotherhood, right. family culture. You know, yeah. like my brothers. You know, like right. I, I when I was training at particular, you know, one of these gyms back in the day. Um, I felt that about a third of the people didn't give two shits about the results of my fight. About a third of the people wanted me to win, and I had about a third of the people in there who wanted me to lose. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got, you know? Like, I feel like most people were there just weren't on my side. So I don't like to be around people like that. I like to be around people that want me to succeed, and because I do the same for them, you know? So BJJ has that sort of brotherhood feel. MMA doesn't, which yep. is what I'm trying to change with my MMA team. That's why I'm locking it down. I'm doing things. I'm running it the exact same way BJJ teams are running. And it's not done very, and at least not in Vegas. You don't see that. So let's see how it goes. It might be a horrible idea, but I'm, I'm doing it the way I want to do it. Is, is Hafi going to help you out with that? Hafi is hands down best instructor. Yeah, he's I, great. Yeah, he's an amazing, I love so, that guy. so charismatic. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to get involved in MMA team. Like I tried, like he was talking about fighting again a while ago because he's fought. He did really well. And I'm like, I'm not going to let you fight unless you prepare yeah. the way I want you to prepare. Not the way you think you should right, prepare, right? Because right? Hafi's so talented. He won today. You saw that, right? He won. He won. Oh, yeah. good for him. Congratulations, yeah, Hafi. He, he hasn't trained. We're talking month. about Rafael Domingos, in case you guys yeah. don't know. He hasn't trained in a month. Oh. Yeah. Just showed up yeah. and got it done. Oh, same thing. We fought Gordon Ryan. There's, All right. He, he didn't train for like, what, two, three weeks. Right. Got in like one week notice, goes out there, almost like finishes the guy with the guillotine. That's Hafi for you. He's a freak of nature, right? He's but I told so him, entertaining. You're not gonna compete unless you prepare the way. Right. I'm going for it. Like, okay, okay. You can walk into a jiu-jitsu match unprepared, and it's okay. 
you walk into an MMA fight unprepared, you might leave with some brain damage. Yeah, <laughs> you're not the same, man. You're not going to leave the same person that you went in. You know, that's like, to me, the biggest turnoff for MMA is exactly that. The, you know, I would like to be, I have daughters, I want to be sharp. They're yeah. I don't want to be like old man. Yeah, you can't. don't want to be forgetting your kids' names when you're no, 60. No, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, like you're locked in a room and your daughters don't want, you know, her friends their friends to meet you because right. they're embarrassed. My dad's right. crazy, you know? He's been punching the head too many times. Yeah. I just didn't want to be that <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, that's my crazy dad. I don't mind yeah, him. Exactly. He, was a, he was an MMA fighter. <laughs> you just keep lo- you just lock don't him up mind his rage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just didn't want to be that guy. So that's one of the reasons why I, I didn't want to fight him. Man, I had a buddy who was a, he's a big dude, a super heavyweight, I think, and, and he had a MMA career and a boxing career. And uh, when he was in a camp for a boxing fight, he would forget everything. He would forget where his keys were. He'd forget where he put his Coca-Cola. He would find his, you know, he would just leave shit around and he would just forget everything, man, because he was just taking shots to the head. He probably wasn't training it like he should have been training, probably doing more sparring than is recommended. I think the athletes these days are way more intelligent about how to train. I think the old school guys would just spar every day. Yeah, and like, it's it's that tough man culture. Like right. if you're tough, you should be should be able right. to stop being a bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like what you want to be scared. You should be a bitch. Yeah, because you sport, only have one brain. Yeah, if you're in a sport where people are trying to like, you know, give you a concussion, right? You should be a bitch. Like, there's nothing tough about like. They're I not even trying to give you a concussion. Face. They're trying to put lights out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if, and if it comes down to like giving right. you permanent brain damage to win, right. they're gonna do it. Yeah, you're right. out. You're in a cage, man. Like that's yeah. like, so, you know, there, there's all these things, and I I think people are definitely smarter about it. I, I even heard of one camp that doesn't allow punches to the face when they spar, only to like the chest. So all the combinations go like you know below the shoulders, yeah. Which to me made actually a lot of sense. The first time I heard it, that's retarded. You know, and like, you, and you can throw that punch as hard as you can, as hard as you right. can, and you're actually sparring, but no punch to the head. It's kind of right. how Kyokushin karate is. Like Kyokushin, you can punch people, no gloves, as hard as you want, not to the head. Right. You can kick to the head, right? Okay. But I actually think that's actually pretty smart. Like I think these guys have longevity because you know it's one thing you punch in the chest really hard, it's gonna hurt, right. It'll give you a bruise, whatever, right. break a rib every now and then. But stop your heart, maybe. It's a, it's a, exactly, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a rib. You know, it's a yeah, muscle. You might get a torn muscle, bruised bone, whatever. Yeah, but it's, you're, you're it's not a central nervous system. Yeah, not the same, man. So that's the that's the thing, man. Like I think that a lot of these guys are. We're, we're in for, you know, we're going to find out how, how bad this really is, like, you know, as these guys start retiring. And there hasn't been that. enough history in the sport to see, to measure or to, to, to take note of the long-term effects Correct. of sh- taking shots. So that Maybe in boxing they could, but, like, MMA is different. Yeah, it's, it's they think, like, more knockouts, I feel like, in MMA, but less overall damage. Boxers hit each other in the head a lot more right. overall, but they're, like... Big gloves, you know, right, right. being blocked a lot of times. So, do you think uh, the big gloves of a boxing match versus the little gloves of an MMA match have a different effect on the brain? I've heard both, man. I'm not sure because I've heard that if you had no gloves, it would actually people wouldn't hit people in the top of the head, in the back of the neck, uh, the back of the head as much, or around the ear because you actually your hand hurts. It's only so hard you can hit someone if you got no gloves on. Right. right? The gloves actually allow you to they protect hit your hands harder. Exactly. Right. It's kind of like football. Right, you put all that padding on the shoulder right. and the helmet, like it turns your body into a ram. Right. Versus rugby with no no helmet, there's I actually just, less concussions. Yeah, I just talked to someone about this yesterday. They said uh, it was actually one of the medics for the the tournament here, and she was saying that rugby players are a lot more intelligent about how they hit each other because they don't have the protection, yeah, I, and the football I, players they have all the protection, so they don't give a fuck. Yeah. They just put their head down and run as hard as they can and hit each other as hard as they can. Actually, you know, if you and if you looked at rugby, they do have less concussion, but the thing you got to look at rugby how it's designed too. you're running the whole time you're not as explosive as you are as a football player is because a 
football player explosion. They stop and reset, right? And every time you reset, and you're really charging the battery, right? right? So you come back with a lot more power. Yeah. You know, so oh, you know, it's not may not be a fair rugby. The game is continuous, right? Correct. No so stopping the plays. Non-stop, and you're running the whole right. time, so you're tired. By the time you tackle someone, right. you you're know, tired. 90 minutes in, yeah. it's not the same kind of power. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, you know, but it, it's interesting. I think we should definitely understand these things better. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Yeah. I, I spent too much money on my education. That's why I wanted to stop taking shots. Yeah, I, I got laid out a few times in training. I think someone hit me with a spinning back fist one time, put me on my on my back. And I, I literally, I, I popped. I didn't go out, but I was like stupid. And uh, I said, who hit me? You know, I thought someone ran up behind me and punched me in the back of the head. And then the rest of the day, I remember just being super cloudy and, and retarded. And, you know, uh, it, it's, like being really, it's like being really drunk. Yeah, I got dropped right. by Vandalay once, and when, when, when thinking about Vandalay, like we sparring with him, like, he was trying to knock you out like every day, every and I, like, every punch, every punch, and then I'm like, this guy not like me, right? Does he hate me? Did I do something? <laughs> That's literally what I'm thinking while he's trying to knock me out. Why practice. does he hate me? <laughs> you know, at the end of practice, like I'd be like, what is he gonna say something now? Right, like, apologize? Is, is, is he gonna apologize? He's <laughs> gonna continue to try to be, kill me. And then he walk up and be good job, yeah, good th- job. Thanks, Robert. And I'm like, oh, so that was all friendly. Right. We're, we're cool. I'm like, I'm not sure what to make of that. This nah, guy what if he didn't it. like you? Then, then what happens? <laughs> no, but that's that's how he spars. You know, he yeah. dropped me once in practice, and uh, man, it was like for the next two, three hours, man, it felt like being really drunk, just super drunk. Yeah, like I remember driving, saying home silly shit, and not remember how I got home. Kind of like being drunk. Like, I don't like, like. I drove home and I'm like, I don't remember the drive. That's terrifying. It is, and I, you know, I shouldn't be driving, obviously. Right. But they let. Me but drive you didn't home. know. Well, they let me drive home. I felt like I was aware of what happened. I was. I had just suffered a concussion, and you know, it was really weird. It's terrifying. Terrible. One time I got kicked in the face, and I had my mouthpiece in, and he had shin pads on. But I, I ate that kick right out of my mouth, and I took my mouth guard out, thinking my, one of my tooth, one of my teeth, is going to be inside my mouth guard. I come out with it, you know, like that's how hard I got blasted. Thank God that yeah. wasn't the case, but yeah. And the thing about the, the, the commission is the one making all the rules, right? So commission, you get these guys that no, no, no Have fight, never fought in their life, not even doctors or anything, right? These guys and they're making all the the, the call. It's very strange to me that they would allow that. Like it's right. why you get a plumber to make decision, like you could get a plumber or like an accountant to do referee jujitsu, right? Like why would you do that? Yeah, you know? like, but they, yeah. they they do these things, and a lot of times. A lot of the rules they have don't make any sense. I remember, like, amateur, amateur men in Vegas, they don't allow footlocks. It's like, why is really? that? Yeah, it's like, or lay, uh, knee bars, I think it is. I think straight footlocks are allowed. It's weird. They outlawed a submission in an MA fight. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can shin the guy in the face. <laughs> right, you can put your knee through his mouth. Yes, but, oh, don't you try to knee bar someone. That's dangerous, right? And like, oh, my God. And the people who are making some of these decisions, I swear to God, like, you have you don't know absolutely nothing about fighting, do you? Yeah. You know, uh, someone who's like uh, was in law enforcement, they were telling me how it was something about, like, they, they were scared of teaching these security guys to make a choke because it's a deadly move. But they were teaching them how to punch or something like that. And I'm like, Rear naked choke is like the, like the biggest pacifier there is. Yeah. When it goes, like you put the guy out. Like, yeah, you could potentially hurt someone, but like a punch is, it's guaranteed damage, you know? And you're guaranteed to give him a black eye, break his teeth, yeah. knock him out, hits his head on the curb, you could kill him, right? Uh, I think that a lot of people that are making these rules don't understand fighting, and that's a big problem. And I think fighting is something that should be left for fighters to, you know, assess. And people that they think they understand it because they're fans or they've been around right. for a long time. It's not the same thing. Right. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't want a non-jiu-jitsu person making rules for jiu-jitsu. I wouldn't want to... Yeah. You, no. want to, you want to say something crazy? If you pay attention, and most people who make... Jiu-jitsu rules, this happens too. Less so, but it still happens. The majority of rule sets out there, I mean, when I say majority, I mean 
pretty much all of them, are made by people with little or no competition experience. If you pay close attention, right. they have little or no competition experience at all. You would think that, for example, if you were to create a rule set, we would get guys like like me, you, Andre Galvon. We would get uh, Keenan, Paulo Miao, you know. People Lucas that have Lepre. hundreds of yes. matches. Yes, and experience. we would get together in yeah. an assembly. We would get sit down and, like, let's discuss. Right. Let's, and then let's find out what the – and then I think that – I really believe that there would be some disagreements, obviously. But I think for the most part we would agree. You know, and you, that's what I would do if I had the, 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 the means to do it, do something like that, right? But the majority of promoters, they're like a blue belt. He's got a lot of money. Right. And right. he's like, this is what I want to see. And he's a blue belt, but he's got all the money, so he's a boss. Right. And they're the ones calling the shots, you know, and that's pretty much across the board. If you uh, could wave your magic wand and change the IBJJF rules, would you add in the heel hooks for black belts? I would add heel hook brown and black um, adult. Okay. And uh, no gi to start with. Uh, the gi, yeah, I, mean, I would yeah, have to yeah. wait because we haven't trained in the gi, of so course. we don't know what's going to happen, right? Of course, yeah. But I think that most brown belts and black belts that are competing here, in the adult division at least, they're already familiar with it. They're practically professionals. It's not like they're unaware of it. Right. And I think that it would it would increase the augment the arsenal in, in that is currently available in BJJ because it's already happening, but under a like a separate bubble almost, right? And I don't like, I don't like, I like jujitsu as a whole. I like yeah, all of it, right? Of I don't like it separate. I don't like it split. So I think that we would all benefit from, from having, at least in our curriculums, knowledge of what a heel hook is. I don't think we should abandon it. Do you remember, uh, was where heel hooks legal in the gi at one point? Way one back in the day? No, never. Never. No, one rule set, uh, Budo Challenge in 2005, Hicks and Gracie Budo Challenge, I competed in it, and heel hooks were legal in the gi. Surprisingly, no one went for them. Really? Yeah, well, no one knew. You know, because I mean, if you go for it, you kind of open yourself up to it. Yeah, like people, it's, it was something we, you know, people weren't as, we knew it existed. Yeah. You know, people would try, but like even myself, like, you know, I was blind to a lot of it until recently when the whole like, oh, let's all start working on this. Like, okay, that's not a bad idea. We should have thought of it. So I don't think we ever ignored 50% of the body. I think that's an idiotic no, notion. So Footlock's been around forever, knee bars, right. toe holds. Like the heel hooks were abandoned and neglected for a long time because they were never legal, you know? And then it was a matter of time before someone actually put a lot of time and energy into it and that became like a thing. Yeah. And I think it's a fad too. You gotta keep that in mind. These fads have been coming and going to jujitsu for as long as I've it's been training. Cyclical, it's cyclical. Huh? It's very cyclical, man. Right. Like look at, look at guard passing, look at guard. So guard passing, old school, if you're watching jujitsu in the 80s, 90s, it was all on their knees. Right. right, and then they started standing up to pass because they're more mobile. Right, they're hard to get. It's hard to triangle and plot and armbar yeah. if you're standing. As a result, De La Hiva came about. De La Hiva guard came from that. Yep. So people started knee slicing X a lot. X guard. Yeah, and then knee single slicing a lot. Yeah, but, but for the knee slice, how do you stop a knee slice? You start attacking the single X, so then they can't cross the knee. And then you know, as in the result from that, like people don't now you can reap, you can go X guard, you can go single X, you can you know heel hook. Yeah. And now you're seeing guys go back to their knees. It's gone full circle. Exactly like fashion. That's a fascinating thing about this. Like it goes circle. You think, oh, this is the next great thing. Like, yeah, that's been done before. Because right, it's a new generation that are trying it out, right? And they're like, they don't know that it used to be a thing. Yeah, so to them, it's a new thing, you know, but you don't realize. Thing, but it's the fact that that's, I mean, granted, you know, every every generation adds something to the, the recipe, right? They add a new ingredient. Like lapel guard has been around for at least 20 years. I remember being a blue belt watching people do it. Do now, you, were they as sophisticated as Keenan? Right. No way. Right. But it was there. It was it there. Was, the embryo was there. Right? There was a guy. He's a coral belt now. And um, let me try to remember his name. 
My buddy, my buddy is a black belt under him, uh, but they call, his name was a hangman. Um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was like old school lapel player. Like he's old, old, like yeah. he's probably 70 now, but uh, yeah. And uh, oh man, it's killing me. I can't remember his name. No, but like even like uh, like like Berimbolos, man. There were there were embryos of Berimbolos like twenty years ago. You see people doing it. It just yeah. got more sophisticated. You know, the one thing that I love about this discussion, um, Josh, is that it's funny to me like how like blue belts and purple belts pat themselves on the back and they're like, yeah, 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 this is me. I'm the new school. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that wasn't you, you know that, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's like kind of like driving over a bridge and going, yeah, yeah, I'm so proud of the arch. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You're driving over a bridge, you know, that someone else built, you know, right. and someone else had the idea to create, you know, invent, you know. Yeah. But it's, I, it's just kind of funny. And just because you belong to a generation that invented something doesn't mean you invented it. Didn't mean you had anything to do with it. So no, yeah, but like people give themselves, everyone likes to give themselves more credit. Then yeah, I think we all do it. You know, of course, human flaw. I certainly did not invent the guillotine. But you know, this, <laughs> but you added something to it because here's what's, here's what's happening. Like anyone who is trained at a high level consistently is adding new details. Right now, I'm sure you got details that you know that I haven't figured out and vice versa. So we're all adding something. Right. The interesting thing to me is that a lot of people, I think everyone adds something to jujitsu, whether you realize it or not, you develop details in your guillotine because someone was blocking the original. Right. Someone was stopping was the original. That person is also responsible for your innovation. Yes. Now that person you guillotine a hundred times does not get credit for it. Right. But that person was a crucial component in you developing new details. We can go ahead and say his name. His name is Keenan. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guillotined him probably a thousand times. And then he started getting wise to it. And I've had to evolve my guillotines yeah. around his defense. Yeah. And, and it's literally what's happening, man. But like the, 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 the jiu-jitsu, is, it, it co-evolves, right? There's no such thing as like, oh, I'm a single genius. Like, no, this is a group effort. This is my biggest, my, my, my new phrase in jiu-jitsu now. This is a team sport. And what I mean by that is to counter that, oh, this is an individual sport. It's you versus him. It's like, no, there's a million other components that have to be in place for you to win. And yeah. that involves a lot of, you know, a lot of people around you. So you're, it's not a, it's not an individual sport, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people neglect that. We were, I was talking to someone the other day and they were, we were talking about how jujitsu is such a great metaphor for life, Correct. right? Jujitsu is just one big metaphor for life. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go into my notes real quick. But she was saying uh, that was one of the things we said. It was um, jujitsu is not, or it's an individual uh, match, but it, you cannot do that without a, a team of people supporting you. And that's life. You are an individual in life. You're in charge of your own decisions and your own path, but you cannot succeed in life without people around you to help you. Yeah, and it's so funny because, you know, you get, like, a guy like Elon Musk and, like, oh, Elon Musk is a superhero. And, like, I, you know what I really admire is the engineer who created the Tesla battery. No one knows his name. But that, that guy, is a, he's on par. He's just right. as bright. You know, it's just that he doesn't get the credit for it. But without that engineer who actually invented the battery, right. nothing, you know, like, everything else wouldn't have been possible. Right. So you're right. Like, this is, you know, you, you do well, but because Andre Galvon created a platform exactly. for you to exceed. Exactly. You see? And that's a lot more work than just showing up to teach class. Yeah. Right? You create a platform, and on that platform, you stand. And you excel. Yep. And before that, there was this guy called Careca and San Jose dos Campos who trained under Galvão for years. Yep. And he created a platform. So, so you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like this is it's 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 a it's a it's a community thing. Like this is not an individual sport. Even, you know, we don't always think of it that way. But there's a lot more going on, man. There's, there's a lot of people involved, and it is like life. You're you're right. Like you need a, a support network. Like I couldn't I couldn't do half of what I do if I didn't have amazing people around me. Right. And the more amazing the people around me are 
the easier my life is, the more progress I make. Yeah. You know, the faster I can move forward. So I think one of the biggest skills in life, you know, is like when it's getting contrast in jiu-jitsu, you want good training partners. But in life, you want to have be around the right people. Um, that's exactly what Jackson Souza said one hour ago on that microphone that you're on. He yeah. sat down and I said, what is the trick? You know, because he came out of the favela. We were talking about how, how hard his life was. And he, yeah. I said, what's the trick? What's, uh, what advice do you have for the people listening? He said, um, surround yourself with people that inspire you. You know, surround yourself with people that uh, encourage you to do the things that you want to do. You know, just surround yourself by the right people. You know, it's funny. That's like, what I did. Yes. Yeah, sociopaths and like narcissists are the most charismatic people on earth. And I've, I think I know why. Because they would starve if they weren't charismatic. That's their, that's their superpower. It's not right. working. It's not building. It's not helping you. It's not. It's, it's being charismatic. So they're the ones that seduce us. So we a lot of times surround ourselves with like pieces of shit because... Hitler was charismatic. Right? That's, that's the think, one... Of course. That's the one word everyone uses to describe him. He was extremely charismatic. Charismatic, yeah. Imagine if you were an asshole all the time. You think it was a, you think you don't think it was like a guy who knew how to like get people to like him? You think he wasn't a likable guy? Of course he was. Like how do you get the whole right. country to fall in love with him, right? Right. So, you know, uh, I, I think that this is a uh, um, yeah, it's important to start noticing these things. Like and just because someone is I learned this lesson the hardest way possible, Josh. Charisma and character are not the same thing. Just not because, at all. No, just because someone is nice and smiles and right. is friendly to you. It doesn't say shit about their character, right? right. Character so, is what happens when no one's looking. When no one's right? looking, or when they're put in a situation where they can, them doing the right thing does not benefit them. Because right. doing the right thing, when it benefits you, means nothing. Doing the right thing when you have everything to lose, right? Right? Financial, emotional, right. you know, political. Then you still do the right thing. Holy cow, that's character. That's character. And it's you know that's when you really it's when you find out who you're who's sitting next to you, right? Right. Right. Well, that's a life lesson, if I've ever heard one. Um, Rob, have you had a chance to look at the competitors this weekend? I have not. No. Do you no. have any? Uh, are there any matches that you can think of that you would like to see? I have not seen the list. I'm embarrassed Nothing. to say this. But I know Cyborg because <laughs> right. I saw something. I always like props to him for competing. He's uh, the oldest, the oldest competitor in the adult division. I think he was the oldest competitor at ADCC also. Yeah. I was second. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive, man. Like, I, I admire that because, like, I'm 38 now. How old are you? 37. Yeah, you and know, Cyborg's you know, 38, I think. Yeah, like, it's something happens to your body, man. Like, I have no meniscus left. And it doesn't hurt so much training, believe it or not. But it's like walking. I'm going to stand up from the, oh, you know, get off this chair in right. a second now. And I have to brace my knees. Yeah, Shit gotta hurts. get up slowly. Yeah, man. Like, I got, like, a hernia disc in my lower back. And it's just, like, even, like, getting in and out of a car hurts. Yep. So it's just you know it, it, it you know your body is your body can only move so many times in a and there's like a wear and tear. So when I see guys my age and are still out there, I'm like, it's I understand the pain yeah, yeah. that you guys are under. Right. So a lot of respect. I, I I felt that way about Marillo too when we had that match not too long ago. I said, man, Marillo is like one of the last guys from a certain generation who's yeah. still getting out there and getting after it. He's so much stronger than he looks. <laughs> I know. Isn't he? People yeah. don't give him credit for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No one realizes how strong Marillo is. Yeah. He's and he doesn't look it. Nope. He doesn't. I remember Keenan told me this like four years ago. They competed at Pans and, and um, they had a pretty tight match. And Keenan came off the match. He said, "That is the strongest man I've ever faced." Yeah. No. And he it pound for a pound. Right. Because people associate size with strength. No. Right? It's like jujitsu. Yeah, that's not no. true. I know the sports powerlifting probably. Yeah. But like you know who's yeah. freaky, freaky strong, and yeah. I, I use the word freaky on purpose. Um, Gio Martinez. 
I believe you. Such a little guy, you know, just yeah. like like a featherweight maybe, you know, yeah. but so strong. Like yeah. he walks around on his hands breakdancing all the time, you know, so his arms are freaky strong. His grips and his frame that he makes, unbelievably strong. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's funny because the little guys don't get that. They never get like, oh, that guy's super strong. Kind yeah. Of day, you know, like, right. they're, they're unassuming you right. know, in that regard. So. Right. Yeah. All right, um, man. So, uh, Josh, what else, man? What's up? Well, my life, my life's good. Life's good. Yeah. I've been, I've been traveling. You know, a lot of people keep asking me why I'm not competing. I just, I've been traveling, man. After ADCC and the fight to win, I just, I had to t- take some time, do some seminars, All travel. Right. I just filmed a new series for the Grappler's Guide uh, okay. on my Monoplata series. So, if you guys want to check that out, I, I can't mention it when Keenan's around because he gets all butt hurt. But Keenan's not here because he's a competitor with Grappler's Guide. You know, oh, okay. Keenan okay. online, Grappler's Guide. They kind of yeah, go head to head. But I just filmed uh, my Monoplata series with them. Uh, hopefully right. that'll be up next week. You guys can check it out. Hinger BJJ is the code, and you get thirty percent off. Yeah, I, I, I put out a series too. I'll, I'll give myself a plug since we're Do at it. it. Uh, I just filmed um, an instructional series for beginners, and there's very little technique in it. Now you're gonna ask me like, what are you showing, Rob? And like, I wanted to do something that had more to do with mindset and concepts and the things I wish I knew when I started that I learned a hard way All that right. no one ever taught me, right? Like, what are the top 20 things that I wish I had known day one that I learned 20 years later, but no one talks about? The in-betweens, right? There's so many little lessons in jiu-jitsu that no one talks about. So I, I, I took the inspiration from my seminars. So whenever I opened up for Q&A, I noticed that a lot of the questions... Same questions. Yeah, same questions, right. but they were not technical. Uh-huh. They were mindset questions. What about this? What about that? And, like, for example... You know, I get really nervous when I compete or right. I not performing the way in the, in, the, in, the, in the competition, the way I do in the gym right. or and there's some technical questions, too, yeah, like yeah. the knee shield. Like, how do I beat this knee shield? I get that question every seminar, right? How do I beat the lasso? I get that question every seminar. So I do want to do something a little more aimed at answering these the fundamentals and the, the give some concepts, the concept behind the technique rather than just bombard people with technique. Right. So let's see how it goes. Should be out sometime where, in February. Where can they find it? Uh, we, I actually filmed it with Kit Dale. Kit okay. Dale's been helping me. He's going to help me build a platform for it. The platform is currently not available, but you'll hear about it. We plan okay. to do like a marketing campaign. People hear about it. And then I got some old products too that I'm just relaunching. <laughs> I have like old sets that I filmed that I never sold. Believe you have some it or not. VHS instructionals. Or? <laughs> <laughs> not that old, but like not. You know, things are at least ten years old. And I'm like, I've been sitting on this for ten years. Maybe I, sh- I, I look like I'm eighteen. Yeah. I'll be uh, relaunching them soon. But, uh, yeah, I got some ideas for some books. You know, trying well, to get more involved with the online. Yeah, so you were mentioning that to me. You were thinking uh, about, are you thinking about partnering up with someone and starting your own online database? Um, eventually. Eventually, I want to do something more. You got a lot on your own. plate, Rob. How much more you want on your plate? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, man- I'm managing fighters now, too. Are you? Yes. Really? I just Management. Si- I just signed my first Dagestani fighter. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting a management company together as well. Awesome. I mean, yeah. so there you go. If you guys out there, you MMA fighters need a, a manager, hit up Hobbard. We go. I know it's, it just kind of dawned on me one day because I'm going like I'm pretty well positioned to do this. I know all the the promoters. You know, know everybody. I, yeah, like I'm right in the middle of everything. Right. Like I travel all the time. Yeah, it's easy to make more connections. I'm like I should probably. Start You're probably doing. one of the most well connected guys in both industries, MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. You know. Yeah. So I just decided because I've been doing it for the last. Five years at least, kind of anyway. I just right. never got paid for it, you know, where people are asking me to get them fights and I do. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put these guys under contract. You'd be surprised on how like keen these guys are to like get someone to help them right. out. So, you know, I'm getting my feet wet. I did something similar with um, 
the way I would get a lot of messages from people asking me how to prepare for competitions, right? This is something I'm very good at. I've been doing it for a long time, ever since high school, really. And um, I got really tired of just typing out these messages real short and like kind of giving someone like a skeleton structure of how to prepare for a match. And then I started thinking to myself, or a tournament, I started thinking to myself, like, why am I giving out this information for free? Yeah. So I'm going to stop doing this, you know, because I'm just getting, and the more I give people, the more they ask. Yeah. Give them an inch, they ask for a foot. And know the crazy thing about giving them for free is people don't always think it has any value. Because if, right. if it had value, right. clearly it wouldn't be free. Right. Right. And then they'll pay for the same information that someone else gets, for example. They'll pay them hundred. You know, Tony Robbins inspiring you. He charges, what, $10,000 right. to show up to inspire you? What, right. what does that even mean? I don't I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Makes I, you feel, I, makes pay you, me half that much. Makes you feel good for a day. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I'll inspire you to, but like, you know, but the more you charge, the more valuable the message becomes. And, right. You know, if they you take it, it more serious. Exactly. Weed yeah. out the knuckleheads. Exactly. So yeah, there's some of that going on. So what I did, um, about eight weeks ago, I, uh, I brought on like, uh, five or six clients and there are people who don't train at a place that has a competition team, right? They just have like their evening class. And maybe they don't know how to prepare for a competition, especially a world's competition. So eight weeks ago, I brought these five clients on and um, and I started feeding them workouts. I said, look, this is what the kind of workout you need to do for a jiu-jitsu workout. Like here's the rounds, here are the breaks, here's the, the situations you need to be in. Very detailed. I gave them the warm up, the rounds, everything. Um, and then I would send them a separate workout for strength and conditioning. I said, these are the kind of strength and conditioning workouts you got to do. They love it. They got to do this. And they're very detailed. Um, all the way down to the minute, the second, the grip, the grip you need to have on the bar, everything. And then I would spend, them, and then I would feed them videos about mindset. This is what you, this is where your mind needs to be, you know. And I would, so I had an eight-week course. It just ended this week. It led up to the Nogi Worlds, and my clients are here competing. And uh, it's been a, it's, it's been a great experience for me to and be a coach and or mentor. I call it mentor. Yeah. I'm mentoring them. Um, but these are all people who, who don't have a competition team the way I do to prepare. I don't have to think about preparation. I just show up and do what Galval tells me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I have all this competition experience. And so I just try to like feed this to my clients and help them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's in, in people love that. It's the reason fun. why CrossFit yeah, is so successful. CrossFit is successful is because they created, they got a bunch of old exercises, but they created a system, right? A template. And they go do this today. And people love not having to think and just showing right. up and trusting. Right. That's the thing. The key word is trust. They trust that when you're the guy who's you're you're, you're you're mentoring, they trust you. See, if Josh told me to use the grip this way and not that way, it, it just adds. That means they have faith in you, right? And right. they truly believe that by following your 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 template, they're gonna be they're gonna be on the path that you right. are, right? They're gonna be following your footpath. Right. So. And I think that, especially beginners, they, they, they need that. They love that. Like, I get that impression when, well, a lot of times when I'm teaching class and whenever the more, the more structured we are as a team, the more students like it. Yeah. Right? So now we have curriculum Absolutely. for everything and we have like a week one and week two and we're building all these things. And I'm noticing that we're getting a lot of positive feedback. So one thing I do at the gym now, I have a 15-day lesson plan. Right, so the first 15 days, they don't roll. All they do is learn the fundamentals, how to fall, how to get back up. What's a close guard, right? And a lot of my black boys were like, bro, that's the worst idea ever. No one's going to stay. And I'm like, let's, let's, let's give it a go. And it's been huge because the, the thing that beginners are most terrified of is getting, getting thrown into the yes. rules. Yeah, that's what we love, right? Like if yeah. I'm trying to choke you out, you're having a blast. I'm trying to choke you right. out. Beginners don't. 
Yeah, right? They're so, terrified because they don't yeah, know what to do. They don't know exactly. So we just kind of get rid of that. And you'd be surprised at how many people tell me that that's the reason why they sign up. For it's my a gym. nice transitionary period. Transitionary. It, yeah. It's, yeah. That's tr- to to you know becoming one of us. Like okay, right. we like we enjoy rolling with sweaty people. And but it's the structure that they like because I'm offering them something that they don't get in other gyms. Right. So it's and people like that, you know. And I, I learned that the hard way too. Like I used to think that like oh just do whatever, just roll, just roll. It's kind of how things are in Brazil, just which works from a technical growth perspective, but not from a business perspective. Right. 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 No, a lot of people come into a jiu-jitsu academy with high levels of anxiety. I know several people that have told me. Um, they sat in their car and cried before they went into their first class. They were absolutely terrified. Yeah, I believe that. And uh, and that I think something like that is is nice. As I, you know, what's funny is Galvao's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. He just told us last week. He said, "Hey guys, I came up with this. Uh, I don't know if it's 15 days or two weeks or three weeks, but he said like maybe it's a month or something. But it's like a very basic course for people to transition into the beginners class. Yeah. That's um, nice. I think it's a good and, idea. And- the, the, the feedback's been amazing, yeah. right? And people are loving it because to us, it seems retarded. From, to me and you, like, what do you mean to know how to stand back up? Right. I know. We, we've <laughs> forgotten how what it is to it, be a beginner. Exactly. Right. Like, but, like, you know, what it was, yeah, we, I was literally teaching my class. I go, yeah, yeah, just go close guard. And he would be looking at me like I'm speaking a different language. Right. And they're like, what do you mean to know to close? I'm going to get angry. You ever talk to an attorney and they drop, like, legal uh, a lingo on you yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. looking at you like you're retarded? What do you mean you don't know what arbitration is? No, 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 100%. <laughs> I, I, got, I got almost, like, made fun of by – I've been in court recently, and I didn't know what the Hague Convention was. The Hague Convention? Yeah, like, and they made, they made like, As if like, it's common knowledge? No, no, they, they, they were talking to me like, what, you don't know what the Hague Convention is? And they're like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to reply, do you know what a deep half guard is? I was going to say. That's what I wanted to say, but. You know. I don't know what that is, but I can kill you with my hand. Don't talk to me like but that. I, it's always funny, like an expert in any field right. assumes by default that right. you understand that language because it's so obvious to them. And we do the same. Right. We keep making this mistake with our beginners, right? So we've changed some of that and given a little more structure. Jigoro Kano did that when he created judo. He gave it structure. gave existing techniques structure, right? And blew up. Look at judo. And the biggest martial art in the world. Created Brazilian jiu-jitsu and many more. You think judo is the biggest martial art in the world? If it's not, it's definitely up there. Yeah. I think BJJ is catching up. I think BJJ will soon, if not is, will soon be the be, the yeah. biggest martial art yeah. in the world. The, the, the thing is, I have no idea how many karate schools there are out there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I you, can, no you, idea. you can't discount Asia because all it takes is like you know whatever's popular in China, and they right. outdo. I mean, they I'm win. saying like they win automatically yeah. because there's like a different planet. Like they don't even they have right. their own Google, man. They have their own like systems and their own. Like it's like a whole separate world. We don't know what is what is it that's popular in India. Right. I, I don't know. But so is it's hard to say. In India? I'm sure there is. Actually, there is. I had someone hit me up a while ago trying to yeah. open an affiliate out there. Have and you been in India? No, no, no. Neither have I. But uh, it's it's blowing up. I I heard that like these guys were like being harassed in South Korea for a spider. Like there were people. They had security at the airport. That's what I heard. The the competitors. Yeah. They had security. Because they had like the, their face on billboards all over South really, Korea. Really? Because yeah. their fans were super excited. Which is crazy to me because like I'm here in the, the, at the mecca of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? right? Southern California. And no one gives a shit that and, Cyborg's walking up and down the arena. Right. You know, like the underground bones up and down. No one cares. Right. But it's crazy. And they go to South Korea and like people like want to touch them. You know? Wow. Yeah. And like in Korea is what the, the, the mecca of Taekwondo. Right? Correct. You would you would think maybe everyone's really into Taekwondo, I but think it's maybe changing, not. Man. I think BJJ is like the new thing, and it's going to continue to grow. And I think IBJJF has a grand vision of things. There's a reason why they're doing opens all over the world. 
because they they're, they're laying they're laying you know planting seeds all over the yeah, world yeah. and I think they're doing a really good job. But I I believe like you do that BJJ is on its way to become the biggest martial art in the world if it Ev- isn't already. Everybody likes to hate on the IBJJF, but one thing they've done very well is give jiu-jitsu competition to the whole world, right? And, they go everywhere. And they give it structure. And they gave it, jiu-jitsu needed its kodokan. We never had one. Right. Like wrestling has fila, right? Yeah. They, there are like organizations that give credibility to the sport. Jiu-jitsu blew up and with no organization to give it support. And right. IBJJF came a little late, but it did come and it does give us, it gives us a certificate saying, Josh, you're a legitimate black belt. Here's your degree. Right. And it's acknowledged by the entire world. You can go to any gym in the world and they will acknowledge your black belt. Right. That's, 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 that in itself is a feat, man. Like, that's not easy to do. You know, have that sort of worldwide credibility. Yeah. Even if you don't like IBJJF, even people who hate the rules, if they have their certificate, right. they're hanging it on the wall, man. Right. They want their students to know, look, I'm accredited black belt. Yeah. I'm a legit black belt, right? right? So it's like you got your diploma, your university diploma. You want to hang it on the wall. Jiu-Jitsu needs something like that. Right. So for all its flaws, it is crucial that IBJJF exists. Yeah, and, 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 and if you don't like it, if you don't like the certificate, the certificate means nothing to you, that's okay because you know what? University diplomas don't mean shit to people too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you might have a degree from Cal State Fullerton and that may mean something to someone and it may mean nothing to someone else, but... Yeah, but, we, but I think that we need that. Like, for example, like the belt system. When they created rules, like you can't be a blue belt for six months. I like that, man. We needed that because it was getting out of control. I don't know if you remember yeah. 10 years ago, people were becoming black belts in two years. And what are you going right. to do? How do you stop that? Right. So we, we needed standards, right? And IBJJF gave us a lot of standards. How do you feel about the belt system as it stands? Would you change it? Or do you think, do you think it's time for a new belt? in there somewhere or do you no, like do you like the I, way it is i like it i th- i think we should have a minimum of six years to black belt minimum okay. not less than that that's I reasonable think, yeah six i think years. that i'll give you another one that might be controversial i don't think if you're a black belt you should automatically get stripes I'll, if, you, I'll, I'll if t- you're a black belt you should automatically get stripes after three years i'll give you i'll tell you a two story i'm not going to drop names okay but i was in brazil from the documentary and i know for a fact that some of those red belts did not wear a gi for 20 plus years Oh. And all of a sudden, when Hoist Gracie started winning the UFC in the mid-90s, all of a sudden, they put their geese back uh-huh. on, and they were requesting nine stripes. Right. <sighs> I'm exaggerating. Well, like, right, yeah, right. they're exaggerating. Yeah, what yeah. are all those stripes for, for all those years? You're talking right? about the degrees. Oh, yeah. Right. So all of a sudden, these guys go from not putting a gi on for 20-plus years. And all of a sudden, they got five degrees on their belt. And, and now they have a red belt all of a sudden. Uh, and now it's like, no, no. So I actually keep track of my black belt's attendance at the gym. You know why? Because they have to have X amount of classes before they get a stripe. Oh, I've been a black belt for three years. Right. You haven't showed up in three if years. You haven't shown up, right? So it means nothing. I think that's something IBJJF needs to change. Yeah, yeah. So people aren't getting promoted just because they're black belts. They have to have some kind of criteria that they meet. Now, if you're 60, I don't expect you to be training every day, but you have to be involved in jujitsu in some way. Right. It's not fair that right. everyone who's got a black belt 40 years ago is going to get a red belt one day. Right. If you're not given something to the sport, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You I should not completely. get promoted. You know. That, um, I, I just crossed. I just crossed uh, six years last weekend. Six years of the black belt. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping next week maybe Professor Andre will. You might have to tell them. I'll tell you. <laughs> I know. I know it sounds like bullshit hey, to ask an instructor for a stripe, but I'm gonna need that. I, you know, I, I did the math. I have like 140 black belts right. worldwide. You do? 140. Oh my god. Well, I think 140 something. 142, 43. Yeah, worldwide, right? You think I can remember when I show no, them? No, If they don't say something, I'm, I'm creating a database late because right. I thought you don't think of these problems until you're like, oh, I only have two black belts. I can remember. Yeah. The next thing you know, you got 140. No way I can remember. Right. right? So 
I have created a database, so the database notifies me and goes like, "Hey, Rob, you got to promote so and so. He's due." Cool. But as as in right now, I have to. They have to tell. Others, there's no way I'm going to remember. You might have to let Andre know. I, uh, I I won't tell him. I'll just tell the gym manager. Hey, tell hey. the gym manager. <laughs> remind, can you remind Professor? Uh... It's funny because that's what people do to me, by the way. Like no one tells me directly. No, of course They'll not. They'll have like their best friend or one of their students. Oh, by the way, sneak it in there. Yeah. Coaches do a stripe. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you know, but. It's 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 an it's easy to forget, man. You get to a of certain course. number of students, and no, you got a ton on your plate. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. Uh, it used to be that a second degree black belt could give out a black belt, yeah. and they changed it to three degrees, which is nine years. Yeah. And I think they just changed it last year. So I was all amped on becoming a second degree black belt because I could finally promote people to black belt. Not that I have anyone to promote, but it's still cool yeah. to know that I could. And they changed it to three years. So you, I, do you think? I think that's good, and I think that uh, my hunch is that in a few years they're going to push it to four degrees. As soon as I get to three, they're going to bump it up. They want to make sure yeah. that Josh Hanger yeah. never ever promotes <laughs> anyone. Back I'll never be able to promote it's anyone. It's a conspiracy ever. against you. Uh, but no, I think that they're going to keep doing that because it, it, the thing is, it, it, you do. It's once you once you have that, it, it is a lot of power in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. In, in the jiu-jitsu or in our little tiny our little, little bubble, our little tiny bubble. Yeah. You know, we, our subculture we, we it is gives you a lot of power and i don't think anyone should be able to hand out those black belts you know and some you got to create standards like we want to filter like through i think the longer and harder it is the more time we have to filter people out right and i think some people should not be ambassadors to the sport is what i'm trying to get at you know, you never know. Next thing you know, this guy's a pedophile and he's promoting 20 people. Right. Imagine you want to get promoted by like, it ruins right. your black belt because right. now it's all over the news that this guy's a pedophile. For example, right? So yeah, you yeah. want to like the, the, the more time and the more criteria we have to screen, like the, the filter through the bad, the better. But you know, it, I, we don't we don't want to make it a mafia either. Where like only some people are promoting and you know other people don't have a chance. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a, a person who was a black belt under you do something like very, very bad and you're like, shit, I don't want to be associated with this person anymore? Like, nothing a, no bad that like, would like, you know, uh, make me like, what would put out like a, a um, it would harm me in any way socially. Right. Right? We wouldn't like blame me for that, right? But I have a couple of people that I promoted that I do regret. Yeah. I'm not going to mention names, obviously. No, no, like, no. Because no. like, just because I think that it was more because they've been trained for a long time, but they did not fit in with my my a lot of my criterias and I give it a lot of thought afterwards I'm like that person never met the criterias they're the opposite of everything I teach but just they were just showing up to the gym right. and then you feel under pressure to promote that person because they've been a brown for two three years they're doing well in competition so you right. feel pressure to promote them but they, they they've learned nothing from me right so it was, I think it was almost like that person maybe the right thing to do is have a conversation with that person and ask them to leave before you promote because I don't ever want to promote someone who I don't believe is going to be a good ambassador to the sport. Right. I think one very, very, very important thing for people to consider before promoting someone uh, to black belt is their character. That's right. The, that's the only. That's the main criteria. Right. It's the most important. It's funny because like our team Zenith does has curriculums all the way to brown belt, but there's no belt testing for brown or black. Because it's, it's all about character. It's at that all point. about character. At that right. Point. I don't. I mean, by brown belt, if you don't have a fundamental understanding of yeah. everything. 
there's something wrong. You should know everything that a black belt knows as a brown belt. Yeah. Maybe your transitions are just not quite so fluid, right? But, you, but, but if you, you, could show, you could teach a class on open guard, right. butterfly, half guard, and take that right. if you have to. And when you're teaching, it's a much slower process, so you should have no problem breaking down verbally what you need to do to, you know, just because you can't perform it the same way a black belt can live, yeah. you should be able to break it down and explain it and teach it. A thousand percent. And But, like, am I, do I, am I, am I going to give you that... that black belt no are you going to be a good representative of the right. score is the question and i right. promoted people that didn't have a character and i regret it to be honest you know just because they're just missing that and you gotta be careful we gotta be selective man we really do because we gotta guard the integrity of the sport now we're right. all flawed we all make mistakes no one's an angel no one's perfect but look when when there's a black belt out there that gets accused of rape or um or statutory rape I become embarrassed myself yeah. because this is a jujitsu black belt who's making all jujitsu black belts look us, bad. All of us look bad. And I get a, I get offended by it, you know, when I when I see it happen or I see it in the news, like, oh, jujitsu black belt does this and like is on, on, going to trial now, and I'm like, fuck me, you know, that makes us all look bad. Yeah, and and it it, it does because the headline doesn't go martial artist, it doesn't go yeah. male, it no. doesn't go. It doesn't go guy who votes Republican or Democrat. Right. It goes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu you see black the, belt. You see what's so annoying about this yeah. conversation is why, why didn't you mention that the guy was uh, a gun owner or right. a non-gun owner? Why did you mention this guy liked the Raiders why this or the one Patriots? Detail, right. Why the guy liked the, the, you know, he liked to play hockey. Hockey play, right. guy, weekend hockey soccer player. Fan. Soccer fan raped someone. Right. Oh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. See the association, the stereotyping? Yeah. That's what I hate, right? Yeah. But you're right. It makes us all look bad. Because it, it makes it sound like, oh, speak, you know, maybe he used his Jiu-Jitsu to you know, do, it, do whatever it, it he did. It stereotypes the environment. Like, oh, you must be a bad person if you do martial arts, right? I think it's a little bit different if you're the instructor and you do something like that. Then it's be clearly because you're in the Jiu-Jitsu world. But you still can't blame the martial art. So they shouldn't no. use it. The headline is still unfair on us no matter what, right? Um but it's been happening a lot. Like, you know, instructor, like 15-year-old little girl. And, yeah, it's embarrassing for the whole sport. And I think that as the sport grows, more people getting promoted, you know, and it's all statistics, right? For every 100 people that get a black belt, four of them are going to be shitheads. It's inevitable. Yeah. You know, it's, inev it's inevitable. And some people are not promoting people based on their character. Some people are just promoting people because it's a paycheck. Yeah. Because they want someone to pay their dues and, and pay the affiliation fee. And you had to promote them to keep them up on your affiliation. And, and you're under pressure to do that. Right. You're under exactly. pressure as a team owner. And like, as you're right. Like, it's kind of like promote them or lose the affiliate. And, and you know, you want to promote them because you deserve it. Not right. because of pressure. But the pressure as a team owner, I'm telling you, the pressure does exist. Uh, and it's something you have to resist. But like to me, the, mo the most important criteria is not how good you are, it's character. Because that right there, long run, is going to do the sport much better than the fact that you can fly and armbar everyone in practice. Right. That doesn't. That's not going to do much for jujitsu. You being a good role model to all those children in your class, uh, that's far more important for the sport long run. Right? Yeah, I agree. It's getting loud up in here, man. All right, I guess I gotta get going too. Yeah, man. I this, got this, 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 the the spectators are like hanging over the rails, screaming at the match, and they're right behind us. Maybe curious to see as what if, match that is. As if the athlete can uh, can hear them. I mean, maybe they can. Rob, but, uh, Josh, always a pleasure it. for sure, man. Yeah. Um, you dude, shout, you got a shout out? out? Yeah, shout out to. Who am I gonna get a shout out to? Team Zenith. Team Zenith, yeah, like uh, everyone. Um, let me see. I do have some products coming out. I got a new website that I built myself, so it looks like shit. 
feel free to judge me. Okay. Robert, <laughs> RobertDrysdale.net. I okay. like paying people to build websites. I'm gonna try to figure this out. I, went on I Squares, tried. Yeah, I went on Squarespace and did it myself. It's not too bad. <laughs> Let me know if you hate it. I had the same experience, Rob. I, I built a website, it looked like shit, and then I hired someone. I was like, can you fix this? This looks like shit. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, mine I keep it so simple, it's almost hard to fuck up. <laughs> but it's RobertDrysdale.net, and I got some of my products on there already, and uh, we'll be making some more launches soon. Um, cool. Available for seminars, privates, what else? Yeah, man, lots of work. Well, Josh, you owe me a visit. Yeah, I would love to come out there sometime. For sure, brother. And uh, and see the see the team, the academy. Hit train with Hoffy. Hoffy's yeah. always fun to train with. Uh, last time we trained together, you smashed me, so I, I gotta like redeem myself. Uh, I don't and remember Show you that, that I don't I don't suck at jujitsu. I, I think that's pre created memory. <laughs> All right, Rob. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate right, it. See you next time. Ciao. All right, man. All right, guys. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this uh, this funny little episode we just got done with. Uh, I'm gonna start another one in a second. I think I just uh, I've approached my time limit, uh, and I think I'll just close this one off and upload it, and then I'm just gonna start another one. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. See who else I can get on the microphone. Just want to say thanks for listening. Um, be kind to one another. Right? It's a it's a, it's a world full of angry, bitter humans, and uh, you have an opportunity to do something kind i would encourage you to do that try to support your fellow jujitsu practitioners who are also entrepreneurs if you have a friend who has a business you know support that business uh, jujitsu people should support other jujitsu people because we only have each other in the long run and uh you know be positive stay healthy drink lots of water take your vitamins eat your greens and uh everyone's laughing at me right now because i'm just talking to myself so i'm just going to go ahead and Hit the stop button before I say something stupid. But shout out to uh, Tap Cancer Out, support the cause, fight against cancer, and another quick shout out to the We Defy Foundation. Um, these two organizations, I, I always like to shout them out because they're doing good things in the world, and the world needs more good things. So give them a follow, check them out. If you want to give me a follow on Instagram, if you don't already follow, it's at uh, HingerBJJ. And if you want to check out the Grappler's Guide, you can use my promo code HingerBJJ for 30% off a lifetime membership. Check out CBD Distillery, promo code Josh10 for 10% off. Humongous thank you to Flow Grappling for letting me use their table space and letting me use their power source and uh, just allowing me to impose myself on their, their very limited space here at the Anaheim Convention Center. So... Check out Flow Grappling. They got all the matches, all the all the content, all the interviews. They got the documentaries. They got the Fix My Game. Check out the Fix My Game with me and Chase. I, I threw down some guillotine details uh, on Chase's segment of Fix My Game. And, uh, yeah, and that's it. I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys soon. <laughs>